0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features were completely free there, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's Free Talk Live. Actually, uh, tonight we are testing out a brand new feature. Well, it's a newer, different version of an old feature. We've had a webcam uh, that's been online for a long time, and it was with a, a company called Stickam as our provider, our service provider. And tonight we are testing out a Ustream Provided webcam tonight, uh, a lot of people had complained about the stickam cam over time as it it was kind of buggy and admittedly behind the scenes, it was a little on the clunky side to get it going. It seems like ustream has uh, really got something nice going on and so while stickam has treated us well over uh, the years they've featured us on the front page of their website, and we're obviously going to be missing out on those views those viewers there uh, ustream had approached me years ago asking for free Talk live to come on board and you know, I looked at it back then, and back then I wasn't very serious about webcams at all, and now I definitely am willing to, you know, spend the bandwidth necessary to have an, a nice webcam. And it seems like Ustream service is just a, a cut above. Uh, it seems more stable. It seems a little bit better. Uh, so what we're doing right now is we're running the Liberty Radio Network 24-7 audio over the Ustream channel, which would have been near impossible with Stickham because it just crashes. Stickham crashed so many times. Hmm. Um, so we're going to get to our guests here in just a moment, but I want to give folks an update on this. Cam.freetalklive.com is how you get to see the brand new Cam. The chat room is now open to the public uh, because that's just the way UStream is set up. It's not one of those uh, stick. It's not like Stickam where you've got the friends you have to send a friend request and get approved before you can get into the chat room. It's just there is no friend requesting with UStream. It's just a channel with the chat room attached to it, so anybody can get in there. Dear god are you kidding I'm thinking about what we're going to do though for the amplifiers because they did I'm sure they enjoyed their amp only chat room their exclusive chat room so I'm thinking about maybe starting up uh, an amp only IRC server remember Mark how we used to have a free talk live IRC server way back in the day was it our the own chat room that we used to chat have server? Well, yeah, but it was open to the public, and that was problematic. So what we what, what I'm thinking of doing is just having a an amp-only IRC server and only giving the uh, Free Talk Live amplifiers access to it. I didn't have enough time to get that set up this afternoon as I was making all the cam changes. So to the amplifiers for tonight and until further notice, uh, Stick it. bear with us. Uh, please uh, be patient, uh, patient as we continue here with uh, some minor changes. Again, cam.freetalklive.com to see the brand-new webcam. ...and hop into the, at this time, uh, the public... ...I guess the, the cam chat room is always going to be public at this point with Ustream... As ...providing we stay with Ustream, I could always switch back to stick him if I want to. Um, so the, this cam chat room will always be open to the public... ...but I think in addition to that, we'll have a special private chat server just for our amplifiers... ...when I get a chance to uh, get that set up, which will be soon sooner rather than later. Uh, all right, so let's go to our guests that are on the line. Uh, They were in jail at this time yesterday... Pete and or Jason, I'm not sure which one we have first. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh,
1: This is Pete and Jason with you.
0: Oh, you are both on the line. Okay, very good. Well, welcome back to Free Talk Live, gents. Uh, Just to bring our listeners up to speed, why don't you uh, recap briefly what the Motorhome Diaries project uh, is?
2: Right, there's
1: uh, myself, Pete Ayer, Jason Talley, and Adam Miller. We're driving around the uh, country, popping into Canada, Mexico, but driving around the country for a year searching for freedom, so we're meeting with liberty-oriented people, uh, and interviewing and, and sharing stories of folks that are uh, pushing back against state aggression that are advancing the freedom movement in their own spheres.
0: And, and when did you guys uh, kick this off? Was it, is it two months now? It seems like it's been a little while.
1: Yeah, almost two months. It's about, six, about seven weeks.
0: Very cool. So you started out from Washington, D.C. You came up here to our very own Keene, New Hampshire. And that's when you officially kind of left for a cro- crossing the country. You went all the way over to the West Coast and then you started heading back down the southern route, uh, passing through places like Arizona and, te- and uh, Texas. and uh, And now you or yesterday you were in Mississippi when you got pulled over for what I believe was the first time on the trip.
1: Yeah, that's right. We uh, we were driving from New Orleans where we had a meet-up the night before, which was really great. And we We're going to have breakfast in Meridian with some folks and then go to Nashville. We we're going to pick up a friend Allison Gibbs and have a meet-up there. And uh, we were in Jones County, which is in kind of southeast Mississippi, and um, this is Pete talking. I was driving uh, the RV and saw a, a law enforcement vehicle in the emergency turnaround, and, uh, you know, we passed him. We were going north on I-59, and then, you know, I looked in my rearview mirror and he was following us, and he was kind of, you know, shadowing us in a sense, looking at our license plate, and he lit us up. So I pulled over, and he, you know, ordered the, the driver to get out. So I came out with my license and uh, provided that to him. He asked me how many folks were in the RV, if we had any drugs, drugs or weapons. And I, you know, I told him, yeah, I do have two two firearms. He asked what they were. I said two handguns they are disassembled. They're locked in a container, and the ammo's in another locked container. So then he uh, he said, all right, he advised me to stand there. He called for some backup, and then he advised the other occupants to come out. So, Adam Miller came out uh, with a video camera recording and, uh, you know, the officer asked him, you know, are you recording? And, and Adam said he was. And, you know, it didn't seem like he had a problem with that. He advised Adam to stand in the back of his squad car so he could keep an eye on both of us. And then he advised a third person to come out of the RV, which was Jason Talley. And Jason came out and he advised him to stand at the front of the RV. So by this time, a second officer had arrived and he he walked directly to Adam and he said, hey, uh, he said, are Get the camera out of my face. So Adam started to lower the camera and oh say, "You know, I'm recording this to keep help keep people accountable." And the cop uh, basically took the camera out of Adam's hand and like forcibly handcuffed him. Wow! And uh, he told, and then I, I I saw this happening and I you know I said, "What's going on?" And they told me to stand there and they told uh, they told Adam that he was being arrested for uh, disobeying an officer's order. And that they later told him he was going to be charged with disorderly and and resisting arrest and all this other stuff. And then they went up to, to Jason a little bit later and uh, asked Jason to produce identification. And Jason, you know, as being a passenger, he had actually just woken up. He had been sleeping on the RV as I was driving. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he, he said, you know, I'd rather not do that. I'm just a passenger. And, and the first officer had told us, you know, when we came back clear, I had since given him the registration information, all that stuff. Since we came back clear that we would be free to go. So Jason didn't know why he had to produce ID. So they asked Jason a few times. He, you know he was polite, but he said no. I you know I'd rather not do that. And asked they asked Jason to put his hands on the RV, and when he didn't, they uh, put him in a chokehold. They maced him, and wow. uh, you know there was a, a time there Jason couldn't breathe, and I, none of neither Adam nor who was in the squad car then or I could see this. And I first saw it when they were leading him back in cuffs, and his face was red, his eyes were shut, and he had grass all over him. I said you know I said what's going on? And they you know then they then they put me in cuffs and said you know we're doing this for our safety and. Uh, they they put Jason in the squad car. Soon, um, they had there were six officers on the scene, including a state patrol canine officer. And they asked if we had drugs or weapons, and I told them what I had, you know already said. I asked if we're free to go, and um, I kept asking that. I I said I don't consent to a search, um, but they said you know we're going to do this anyway. If we're going to run the dog around the, the RV, and if he triggered, we're going to get access anyway. And I, you know I said so be it. And uh, they they basically um, first. The canine officer asked me, you know, are there any drugs on there? I said no, and he, he tried to pull me aside, and he said, you know, maybe there's drugs on there and they're not yours, you know, trying to, like, get me to, to say something that wasn't true. And, yeah. and I said, you know, I've already told you guys. I've already answered these questions. And then, so that was the carrot. Then he tried to speak. He said, well, we're going to get the ATF involved, and you're going to face some, like, hard time for running guns and blah, blah, blah. And I wow. said, look, I know I know the law, and I, I believe I'm operating within the law. And even if I'm not, maybe it's the law that has to be changed. So, Anyway, he ran the dog around a couple of times, put it away and told me that the dog had triggered of course he did. the word drug. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, well, you know, I said, I, I know that dogs can be, can be, uh, can falsely trigger when, um, you know, ordered when tipped off to do so by their handler. And then he got right up in my face and he was like, he's like, are you calling me a liar? Are you, are you calling my dog a liar? And <laughs> yeah.
3: He, you're a you liar. Are you like, calling you him know? a liar, even mm-hmm. though he just called you a liar like 10 times?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I said, you know, have that, do what you got to do, but I'm not consenting this and and uh, so they they went around and looked through our uh, right. external storage compartments first, and I had a box filled with some citations from this thesis I wrote on medical marijuana. So he's asking me about that. And then when they eventually did go inside the RV, we had just gotten uh, decorated the inside of our RV with about 200 pro liberty stickers from libertystickers.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took like two steps in and he stopped and he read one and he said. Be mean to government. Okay, I know what you guys are about and totally just changed his demeanor. So I'm standing outside and cops are ripping the RV apart. How did it they, change?
0: Uh, wait, wait, How did that change his demeanor? Did it make it worse?
1: It made it worse, definitely. <laughs> okay. I mean, they, they were, it seemed like they were out to get us.
0: Hang on, guys. We'll bring you back here. Uh, hopefully, you've got a little bit of time to talk about this and maybe take some calls. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We've got the Motorhome Diaries crew on the line with us telling us about their arrests yesterday. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So tonight, as I mentioned earlier, testing out a brand new cam feature. Already people are complaining about this new one. You know, you can't make... Uh, everybody happy? That's for darn sure. Cam.freetalklab.com is where you can go to get that. It's free. What do you want? Uh, but we'll see. Trying if we can... to do that is only going to make you crazy. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can work out the bugs. Apparently, there's some sort of censoring thing in the chat room where uh, naughty words are being censored, and that wasn't happening in the old chat room. Don't say naughty words. But the uh, but the guy that founded UStream is actually going to be at the Talkers New Media Seminar coming up here this. Next month. And you and I are going to that, Mark. And actually, that's what reminded me about Ustream's. I was looking to see who was speaking there and the uh, the founder who had originally approached me two years ago asking to get free talk live on his service is going to be uh, so we'll be able to meet him in person. And uh, maybe we can ask him about this whole censorship thing or I'll, I'll send him an email here in a little bit. We'll see if we can get it worked out. All right. So 800-259-9231. Maybe you've got a question for Jason Talley and Pete Ayer from the motorhome diaries we had them in the studio here when they launched the motorhome diaries uh, which is a trip across uh, crisscrossing the country going to canada mexico maybe even all the way up to alaska who knows it's not over yet it's only just begun and they've already been arrested once it happened yesterday they're traveling around the country meeting with all kinds of liberty-minded people and finding out where uh, some of the best activists are and what they're up to and and sharing videos online and uh, talking about their experiences and they've been calling the show to give us periodic updates about what's uh what's up and of course i had to have them on tonight uh to talk about what went down yesterday you guys were pulled over for some sort of a tag thing uh they immediately asked you if you had any guns or drugs and pete you'd answered that you did have guns looking back hindsight being 2020 it's hard to do these things when uh, when you're in person with the cops because they are intimidating uh, a group of intimidating guys but do you feel like you gave them too much information do you feel like you should have maybe uh, kept your mouth shut on that or would that not have helped you at all
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I figured we're operating within inside the uh, man-made legislation, and I uh, didn't have anything to be fearful of. But uh, wait, you
0: figured you were operating, or you knew I, you were? I, I knew
1: I was operating within the the you know the man-made legislation that the bureaucrats have passed. So, uh, and I knew we weren't harming anybody's rights. So I wasn't really afraid that uh, the information that I had disclosed would get us into trouble.
0: But they did end up charging you with a with a gun crime, right? Uh, transporting a firearm across state borders.
2: Yeah. Um, actually, there are no gun charges. The charges that we have are, are ridiculous. Uh, they, they got rid of all the charges, except each of us have one. Oh, really? Um, I supposedly was uh, – uh, sorry, yeah, this is Jason. Yeah. So I was supposedly resisting arrest, and I guess by resisting, they mean that I, I, I wouldn't uh, comply with putting my hands on a vehicle. And I stood there, and I got pepper sprayed and uh, tackled. So that wow. that, in, uh, that in Jones County, uh, Mississippi, is, is called resisting arrest um Adam was um so it's not like you obeying. pulled a
0: Sam and went limp or something like that
2: or, um I just I, no, I, I mean, no i stood there they, yeah. i was there were two cops to my left and my right, and uh so they they kept ordering Then they unsnapped the uh, pepper spray and uh, uh sprayed me good and then uh, uh choked me i couldn't breathe uh, for for uh, uh what seemed like an eternity uh as I was uh, tackled on the ground and then, and then handcuffed. So,
0: now, um, at what point it, did they demand ID from you, and you didn't give it up? Was it before they pepper sprayed you?
2: Oh yes, yeah. yeah. They they uh, asked me for my identification on uh, on, on several occasions, uh, and then and I politely I declined each time. Uh, just like Pete said, I was I was a passenger. I mean, right. I don't. You weren't driving. I'm not you were not driving i am i am not in the business of uh, giving people my identification um, uh, just for the heck of it.
0: It's my but, understanding uh, that there is no requirement for passengers to uh, give up identification. But then again, I'm no lawyer, so I'm not sure.
2: Right. Well, I, I'm not sure either. But if there is a requirement, um, I, don't, I don't think that would have changed my position one bit. I mean, yeah. uh, it, you know, the, our project, Notre Diaries, where we're you know taking a lot of video, what we call it an uh, almost real-time documentary about uh, the search for freedom in America, kind of t- taking the temperature of uh, the, the state of freedom in this country. And uh, they had no idea that they were going to be uh, big stars, um uh, you know, of, of this project. And we certainly didn't want them to be. We were driving through. We had absolutely no intention of stopping in Jones County.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, we were just driving through. We were going to have uh, breakfast with somebody like 40 minutes away. And then we were going to uh, – we had a big day of driving ahead of us. We were going to go to uh, a Nashville meetup uh, with a bunch of people and then hang out there. But uh, instead, we spent uh, 12 hours in their uh, jail cell. Uh, but if I, wow. if I could tell you, um, so the, the, we were pulled over, we were told, because of the tag issue. It's the New mm-hmm. Hampshire tag is a temporary tag because we just bought this motorhome. It's uh, it's totally legal. But the uh, the cop pulled us over because they don't issue paper tags in Mississippi. All right, I'll, I'll give him the a doubt. Fair enough, whatever. Um, but as he was talking to me, demanding my ID, I asked him, I said, uh, you know, but you found out that our vehicle was legal, right? He's like, right, Your your vehicle is legal. So at that point, uh, you know, I'm I'm just wondering if we should be free to go and then why I need to turn over my identification, uh, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, uh, we had just tremendous support. I mean, and and thanks to you, by the way, uh, for posting on Free Keen and uh, carrying on our proud tradition of, um, you know, being on your radio show and and launching it on your show. Um, We haven't even posted anything on our blog. We've just been so busy um, getting our RV out of the – the
0: storage facility. Well, I was disappointed so. to hear that uh, apparently the cops had deleted the video footage that Adam had originally recorded of, of his arrest.
3: I figured that they would do that.
0: Que- well, quick question. I'd sent you a, I'd, I called you today after an email came through from one of our listeners offering uh, I guess he's an expert at undeleting data. And Did you get that information?
2: We did. We, uh, well, we, we received, uh, gosh, probably about 10 people after I, I sent that out on my Twitter account. Uh, like 10 people said that Do not give up. Do not touch your do not touch your camera right now. Right, but uh, you should be able to recover that video. So uh, yeah, um, we were told that we would not get the camera back until our court date. uh, But then we find it as we're looking around the wreckage of our RV because what.
0: Oh, they tore the RV apart.
2: Uh, I'm but sorry. The, the, the interior was, was trashed.
0: They didn't, uh, they didn't, I guess, no, I wasn't, I didn't think that your RV was trashed. I was uh, saying, I was so shocked that they left the camera in there. They didn't uh, confiscate that?
2: No, no, no. They caught, they ripped it out of Adam's hand. Right. And then they put it immediately in the uh, patrol car um, when, when they uh, handcuffed Adam. But then all of a sudden we find it in our RV. So they gave it back to us minus the 5 minute video that uh, Adam shot. This is the reason, you know, supposedly why Adam was arrested.
0: Now, quick qu- um, quick technical question. The camera it what uh, what media was the video recorded on? A lot, a lot of older cameras are DV tape, but newer ones are hard drive and flash. Yeah.
2: It's a hard drive. Perfect. So we're, we're, yeah, exactly. So we should we should be able to recover this information. I'm getting ready to send the uh, the, the Sheriff, <laughs> Sheriff Hodge of Jones County uh, an email cc'ing the Attorney General or whoever they think is important in Mississippi, and saying, "Do not delete the um, the dash cams on these cruisers." Mm-hmm. We, we we need that evidence to, to show that we were on the right, and that uh, these cops were uh, very aggressive.
5: Well, you know those things malfunction all the time, right,
2: Jason? <laughs> Oh yeah, very convenient, right? They have to be some of the most
5: malfunctioning pieces of equipment in the in the entire United States. These these cameras in the cops' uh, vehicles because it's funny they only work when it's beneficial to the uh, the the state enforcers.
0: Hey guys, do you have time to continue this discussion? Maybe throughout the hour, if we get enough, uh, you know, if we if it keeps going.
2: We have plenty to talk about, absolutely.
0: Perfect. Hang on. We're going to bring back Jason and Pete uh, from the Motorhome Diaries. Motorhomediaries.com is their website. I don't think we gave that out before. Motorhomediaries.com. They haven't posted any updates since they've been released uh, from jail, but you can bet those are coming. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live.
3: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. Features including updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Asset forfeiture, bank failures, burglars.
5: Ex-spouses, housekeepers, your kids—there are a lot of reasons why you might want to hide your valuables around your home. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home, most with little or no modification. Um, and it's the—it's an ebook and it's under seven bucks. StashYourSwag.com. It had a lot of good ideas when I read through it, and i was pretty impressed. It's S-W-A-G as in StashYourSwag.com.
0: Toll-free, 800-259-9231. We continue here with Pete and Jason. They are the men behind the Motorhome Diaries at MotorhomeDiaries.com. Having been uh, driving all around the country in an RV that you've uh, lovingly termed MARV, and I believe it stands for Mobile Assault Recreational Vehicle? Is that right? No, no, it's the mobile authority resistance vehicle. Damn, that I was way off. Mobile authority <laughs> resistance vehicle. So you've been driving around in Marv. You picked up a guy named Adam uh, early on in your trip, and so there have been the three of you uh, driving here, here and there, and meeting all kinds of liberty-minded people, uh, recording videos, posting them to YouTube and your blog at MotorhomeDiaries.com, and uh, you're going to continue doing this probably for the, at least the whole rest of this year, and maybe the you know first couple months of uh, of next year until you finally return to New Hampshire. And I I kind of knew that this was going to happen and i think you guys probably did as well uh that eventually you were going to encounter the police in a very not so nice way and that's what happened yesterday morning around uh, 10 o'clock i think it was central time uh when that uh, when that went down they decided to arrest you on a variety of charges including disorderly conduct disobeying an officer possession of a beer in a dry county uh they locked you up you're saying that now most of the charges have been dropped with the exception of disorderlies is that correct
2: um, well, I mean, my resisting arrest, and Pete uh, has a, a, a charge for a, a possessing a beer in supposedly a dry county, but we're getting mixed messages on that, and um, and Pete doesn't even drink beer, by the way, and, and no. I bought the beer. But they had to have something to charge him with because they handcuffed him, and they kept him in, um, in a cage for 12 hours.
0: Oh, uh, I see. So it was kind of after the fact that they decided to charge him with the possession of a beer?
2: Well, they told us a bunch of things that they were going to charge us with. And uh, when we find our paperwork to get out of there, um, that's the only charge that Pete had.
0: So let's continue the story here. They ta- uh, they didn't taser you, but they did pepper spray you, uh, and that was because you were refusing to give them identification, though you weren't the driver, so you shouldn't have to. Uh, nonetheless, right. they didn't care. They decided they were going to use violence upon you, and they ended up cuffing you all, taking you down to the uh, the county jail. Uh, do you have any sh- stories you want to share from your jail experience or anything up, up until that point that we've missed that you want to highlight?
2: Well, uh, the, the, yeah, the jail experience, uh, it, it was the first of its kind for me, uh, but, uh, you know, concrete floors, we were in there with, uh, you, you know, like, we're interviewing a lot of people, but uh, it gave us an opportunity to talk to some of the other people that were in the uh, the holding cell with us, and, uh, you know, some, some very nice people, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, a few of them in were for, like, meth charges, a lot of, like, victimless criminals that were in there, and and these this jail was just a uh, fool of people with with those type of stories um it, my my heart really goes out to them so in, in a way and in, in a few ways it was a you know a positive experience because i was able to uh to meet these people when I, I never would have before
0: that's how i felt after i had um, spent a weekend in the jail here the same jail that our friend sam is currently sitting in and has been there for uh, for over four weeks now but when i was in there the three guys that i was with in a cell by the way that was designed for two men uh they had four uh it, the three other guys were in there for nonviolent uh, violation of probation drug-related crimes and it was just so sad to uh to hear their stories because they have kids you know they've got uh, families i mean it's bad enough that uh, that i had julia alone at home but I can only imagine how much worse that must be for somebody who actually has uh, a young mouth to uh, that they're responsible for feeding you know, a 10-year-old uh, son or daughter that's uh, sitting at home wondering where daddy is or whatever. That was really just uh, absolutely tragic. And, of course, as you say, the, these jails across the country, as we know, are filled with human tra- uh, tragedy like this. That's all completely unnecessary. It's all as a result of the, in- the insane war on drugs.
3: What a waste of production, too. Like, these are yeah. all people that didn't hurt anybody and they're just sitting in a jail cell, not doing anything, not being productive in any way.
0: Consuming tax what a dollars. waste. Yeah. Consuming $80 a day here in New Hampshire is what it costs to keep somebody in a jail cell. So, you know, when I got out, I wanted to kind of refocus when people were asking me what it was like. I said, well, you know, I was only in there for a week. And how about the rest of these guys that are sitting in there? I was in there with a uh, 17-year-old kid or not. Maybe it wasn't 17, but like 20 years old who is going to be in there for the next 60 days because uh, he got busted for a third time with a, a bowl's worth of marijuana on him. Jeez. And, I mean, he'd be, he's lucky that he had his job waiting for him when he came out. I'm sure that doesn't happen to everybody that goes in there. A lot of people end up uh, getting fired and having their whole lives ruined by being thrown into one of these prison cells. You guys were so fortunate in that you've got MotorhomeDiaries.com and you kind of have names behind you and that there are people following your website and they're paying attention to what's going on and there are other people with blogs that are helping out and I uh, like the Agitator blogged about you guys uh, Manuel Laura at Lou you know a lot of places picked up on your story and so you had the good fortune of having this activist network backing you up and helping out from the outside whereas most of the rest of these folks that are in that jail, they don't have that uh, that benefit.
1: Yeah, that's right. We were fortunate that uh, Jason was able to get out a couple of twit uh, twit messages and uh, Twitter messages, and uh, wh- right before he was placed in the car, and uh, including a picture of Adam being arrested, and uh, a lot of people responded very positively and helped us out behind the scenes. And we were, uh, you know, while we're in the jail cell, we continued to hear like every few hours, like a jailer would come by, and first they said like, "Oh, there's the freedom fighters," or "There's those three celebrities," because. People were just calling in and doing things. But with us right now, we have Allison Gibbs, who's with Campaign for Liberty, and she was planning to fly into Nashville where we would meet her um, yesterday, and, and uh, she could be with us for a few days out on the road. But uh, she she ended up uh, changing her flight to come to Jackson, Mississippi, where she connected with uh, Jill Wright, who's another person who's who's been there with us from the start. So we're going to pass the phone to Allison. She could tell you a little bit about the organizations and stuff that have, that helped them back in the
0: back end. Yeah, that'd be great. Allison, yeah. are you there?
6: Yeah, I'm
0: right here. Hi, welcome to Free Talk Live. You're on with Ian, Julia, and Mark, and uh, you are from the Campaign for Liberty?
6: Uh, yes, I am, actually.
0: And I'd spotted you. I think we'd met once uh, at some point here in New Hampshire, and I, I spotted you posting some comments over at freekeen.com, which is to, is kind of where the, the news uh, officially broke about what had happened to the guys outside of their Twitter accounts. And uh, it seems like a lot of the organization of the activists that uh, came to help you out in this particular case with contributing money to get these guys bailed out and to, uh, you know, to get the, the RV out of the, the tow yard – A lot of this was just organized uh, kind of on a a whim on the the, the comments thread over at Free Keen. I'm sure it was happening elsewhere as well, but it was just amazing watching the activists come together in such a short period of time and really take action on this. I mean, were you blown away by that, the amount of response that you received?
6: Yeah, it was actually amazing. I kind of posted my um, email address, my Twitter, and my phone number, and I started uh, just getting tons and tons of calls. Um, from freekeen.com, they were very supportive. The, the LP was very supportive, the Missis- Mississippi Libertarian Party, Mississippi Center for Public Policy, Young Americans for Liberty, Liberty on the Rocks, the Free Staters. Everybody was very, very supportive. And um, we raised over um, $3,000 because initially um, their bail was set to like 1000 for Pete, 1500 for Jason, mm-hmm. and $1,500 for um, Adam. But he had an um, ATF on him, a hold. So we were trying to raise as much money as possible to get the boys out. And... Um, in turn, uh, within two hours, we raised $3,000. That's
0: so it's amazing. So pretty
6: amazing. Yeah, by the minute I got off the plane, um, uh, two hours later, we were uh, going to Western Union getting $3,000. So I can't say enough positive things about the movement and just showing uh, that different organizations might believe in uh, different ways of going about things. But, you know, we all come together when there is a, a family in need, and I consider us all family. And I think it's um, completely amazing of what happened. Yeah, I'm happy to, to
0: be a part of it. I yeah, I have to say I was really blown away by how quick the response was and I didn't realize the uh, to the extent of the amount of money that poured in in that amount of time. That's really amazing. If you've got more to share, hang on. We'll bring you back. Uh also uh, talk more with the guys here in a bit. And if you've got a call if you've got a question for any of these courageous gentlemen and uh lady That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will continue talking about the Motorhome Diaries and their arrests yesterday down in rural Mississippi. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to one eight hundred-two five nine ninety-two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's Free Talk Live. Dot com And if you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and help get more uh, radio stations on board with Free Talk Live, bring more Internet listeners uh, onto the show, and uh, help expose more new people to the message of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, go to AMP.freetalklive As we go back to the Motorhome Diaries, Uh, perhaps Allison uh, Gibbs is with us from the Campaign for Liberty, not technically a part of the Motorhome Diaries, but uh, certainly has played an integral role over the last 24 hours. Allison, are you with us? Uh, Yes, I am. So you had come down to meet up with Pete and Jason and Adam, who, of course, have been driving across the country meeting with all, all kinds of interesting liberty-minded people and reporting on it at MotorhomeDiaries.com. You would originally come down there to meet up with them for – I'm not sure what the purpose was, but things changed after they got arrested yesterday, and you ended up coming down, move, uh, going to a different place, uh, collecting over $3,000 in contributions that you'd raised in two less than two hours' time just by posting over, for instance, at the Free Keen for uh, not even on the forum but the freaking comments thread on the initial uh, breaking story about the guys getting arrested that's what i love about uh
5: you know liberty-minded people libertarians uh you know voluntarists they walk the walk you know they they do not mind putting the money uh, where their mouth is when it comes to things like
6: this
0: absolutely so that's what you were kind of telling us about you came down you got the money you went uh to bail them out what other parts of uh your story do you want to share with our audience tonight
6: um, no, I, I came, I was supposed to go into Nashville to be a fellow traveler with the boys and ride with them for about six days or so, um, and kind of go back down from, uh, Nashville to Birmingham. Um, and when I hit Atlanta, my, uh, the, the flight right before I was supposed to go to Nashville, I had to change flights, yeah, and, um, fly down because I figured if, you know, the boys are alone, they don't really know anybody down in Mississippi. And, uh, luckily enough, we had a supporter down there, Jill Wright. She picked me up from the airport, and from there, we pretty much, uh, Tweeted the whole time, we had retweets, we had calls in, um, uh, so many positive people. Uh, actually, um, a gentleman by the name of Winthrop, uh, Winthrop, I'm sorry, uh, actually uh, put me up for two nights to stay, got me a hotel room, we had um, so many people were offering places to stay in cars and cars and everything positive for me. Um, I couldn't say enough positive things or um, say how uh, happy that I am in the liberty movement and the people that we have surrounding us. It's, it's amazing what we can all do once we come together. You know, I was looking
0: at what had happened, and I thought, uh, I've I've always been a, a major proponent of the Free State Project, and I still am. I still think it's our best chance for liberty in our lifetime, but boy, thank goodness not everybody has moved to New Hampshire at this point, uh, because if there weren't all of these great people across the country uh, that could have, because they could have been anywhere. They just happened to be in, in Mississippi, and there happened to be somebody who was connected to one of these websites, whether it be Facebook or, or Twitter or freekeen.com, uh, that, that found out about this and got in touch with you and was able to help out. People were offering houses to stay in. Uh, you might have had to dro- uh, drive a little while, but there were people that were in the at least the vicinity that were able to help out in a, in a number of different ways. And so thank goodness we have the Internet today. Of course, we know the Motorhome Diaries wouldn't even be happening if it weren't for the Internet. The show wouldn't be happening if it weren't for the Internet. Uh, the Campaign for Liberty wouldn't be happening uh, if it weren't for the Internet. And so all of this is is has been made possible. The fact that these guys were able to be rescued yesterday and got out of jail at 11 o'clock at night all possible because people are getting together online from across the country and around the world, and, and it, like you said, Mark, they're putting their money where their mouths are, and they're doing what it takes to, to help out in, in situations like this.
2: Hey, Ian, uh, and Mark, can I just jump in and say that, uh, you know, we were very fortunate in this situation uh, because we do have, you know, a website and people actually care about what we're up to. But what about all the people in prison that don't have, that, you know, that kind of megaphone and that kind of support structure they just waste away in there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it, 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 we met so many of them, and, and I, don't, I hate to go over this again, but they're, they're, most of them are just victimless crimes.
0: Absolutely, and,
2: uh, and 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 that's the tragedy here. I mean, we were twelve hours sucked, um, but you know, we we got out uh, with thanks to uh, support from Allison and and Jill Wright and uh, you, uh, you know Free Talk Live and the folks in Keene and just just all these people. Um, but geez, there's just so many people that. Uh, are just have no you know have no voice. So I, just, just, I absolutely I mean,
0: agree with you and I think that's one of the places that we can see some change here in New Hampshire. Uh, just recently Dale from com has been talking about starting a prisoner outreach program here in the Cheshire County area in in New Hampshire and because we have so many activists here in New Hampshire that are concentrated this is becoming a, a reality being able to do prisoner outreach is becoming much more tangible because we actually have enough activists to where a few of them can focus in on something like that whereas i don 't think that 's ever really happened in the, at least in, the, in to my knowledge in the history of the uh, the liberty movement is uh, doing some sort of an outreach program we 've also been talking about printing up flyers We were sitting in a courtroom the other day here in Keene uh, we were talking It was sitting in a packed full courtroom with the, during the arraignment time. And we're thinking, wow, we could be using this opportunity for outreach instead of just sitting here waiting for our friend to go up on uh, and have the arraignment – we could be get, handing out flyers. There's got
5: to be solicitation in, rules in the, inside a courtroom.
0: Well, we, we can do it downstairs, whatever, as people are coming into the courthouse. What, whatever we need to do, we can start reaching some of these people because we've, we have the concentration of activists to do it. And you guys are in Jones County, Mississippi. There wasn't anybody actually around with the exception of maybe one or two people. So it's hard for just if, – if that's all you've got as far as your activist base in the area that you're, at, that you're in, it's hard to get anything done. But if you've got a whole bunch of activists that are looking for things to do – all it takes here in New Hampshire is for someone to say, "Okay, I'm going to start doing this," and people will jump on board. So I think you're going to start to see that change at least here in New Hampshire first, and then maybe what we'll see happen is if we start coming up with you know brochures and things like that for people to reach out to these victims of the state uh, and and explain to them what liberty is all about and how they can uh, they can help themselves uh, by by taking this to trial and not not giving in and not pleading out and, and jury nullification and all the things that we have to share with them. Then maybe us creating those uh, resources here in New Hampshire can be duplicated somewhere else, where people can just grab a PDF or a document file and and change it to, to their area, and they can start doing similar things where they are. Let's uh, you know we can do the the hard work first here in New Hampshire, and maybe some other people can duplicate that. At least that's what I hope.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, yeah, well, I mean we we did feel all alone. We're just driving through from you know one. Um, one spot where we were going to have an event to to another. Um, we had no intention of stopping Jones County, but they, they uh, liked us so much they wanted to keep us for 12 hours.
0: What's the status on uh, the arraignment slash trial? What's the legal situation right now?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I just got a message uh, from uh, Jim Davison through uh, Twitter who uh, tells me that uh, there are a bunch of uh, civil rights attorneys who are interested in helping us with this case. The uh, arraignment, I believe, is uh, towards the end of June, maybe June 24th, 25th. And, wow,
0: uh, that's and, a long time.
2: And, and But, of course, uh, you know what that means. So we'll be at Porkfest Best for that.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so what are you so, going to do?
2: Uh, well, we might get it rescheduled. Um, I, I don't like working uh, with this uh, this bogus court system uh, that they have. I mean, I, I've never subscribed to it, so I don't know why I have to follow the rules. But we're all about education, so, um, you know, uh, if we – if that's what the uh, the sheriff is going to respond to, right? The sheriff's up for re-election in mm-hmm. probably about three years or so, and so um, you know if if his uh, department is under attack uh, and, and his his name is uh, justifiably uh, you know, smeared because of the uh, the strong arm tactics that he allows his deputies to uh, take, then uh, we're yeah we're just going to do a massive education campaign within that county, and uh, but yeah there's just been so so much support, a lot of lawyers, a lot of people forwarding names of lawyers that we should use,
0: so... Uh... Well, I'm not a lawyer, but I do believe that in most cases you can actually bypass an arraignment by putting in You know, putting in your plea, and I I realize you're like me, you didn't consent to this, this isn't your system, it's their system, but when I tried to tell the court that I didn't consent, they threw me in a jail cell, so your consent isn't required, unfortunately. So if you wanted to, uh, you could probably either file for a motion to delay the arraignment, or you could just go and put in a not guilty, uh, and then they would just schedule the trial probably beyond that. So that might be uh, one way to get around this. You know what? We've got a couple people that are on the line. They want to talk to you. They've been waiting patiently. I'm going to bring on Withrow in Mississippi. Withrow, you're on with Pete and Jason. Withrow, are you there, uh, Mississippi?
7: Yeah, yeah, I'm right here.
0: Hey, yeah, on, I'm right here. You're on with Pete and Jason. Go ahead, sir.
7: Okay, yeah, uh, Pete, Jason. I'm sorry I, we didn't get to meet up with you guys here in Meridian, um, but we were just we were wondering we were trying to get a hold of you like uh, last night and uh, and today. And uh, I mean, is everything okay? Do you guys? Are you guys going to need a place to stay when you come back, or, or, or what's the haps with that?
1: Yeah, we appreciate the concern with you, and we're, we're sorry we weren't able to meet up with you as well. We're uh, we're presently in Birmingham, Alabama at our friend Tom Pearson's place, and uh, we're going to kind of um, stay here for at least a few days. And uh, right now we're working on a blog post that has, like, the details of what went down. We're going to have that online within a couple hours, and then we're going to, uh, you know, follow up where we need to uh Pursue different options, see what makes sense for us to do. But, you know, I I think it goes without saying that we're going to uh, work to make sure that these uh, police officers are held accountable. We're going to probably do a Freedom of Information Act request and get that uh, video camera evidence from their squad cars, And uh, hopefully, like Jason mentioned, recover the video tape that was lost on our end, that was deleted from our end. But... Yeah, we'll be here, and if and when we do have to run back to Jones County, we'll let you know. And guys,
0: can I put we'll you on hold and bring you back for a little bit here in the second hour? Do you have time for that? Absolutely. All right, hang on, guys. More with the Motorhome Diaries here in moments. Motorhomediaries.com. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We are launching into hour number two of the program. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Spent the whole first hour talking with Jason and Pete from motorhomediaries.com, and I believe... They are still with us. They've been driving across the country in an RV that they've uh, lovingly termed Marv, and they have been visiting with all kinds of liberty-minded people, getting video, blogging, uh, tweeting, as it is called, uh, with Twitter, and keeping people up to date on what they've been doing. And I think a number of people have been following them up until this point. And I think that, uh, Jason and Pete, one of the uh, the bright sides of the fact that you were arrested yesterday, all three of you, and you've also got Adam with you, In the motorhome. You were all arrested. The RV was confiscated. Uh, You ended up getting bailed out. Uh, Allison Gibbs from the Campaign for Liberty flew down to help you guys out. Uh, People from all across the country and around the world uh, chipped in over $3,000 in less than two hours' time to help get you out of jail. You were successfully uh, gotten out of jail. I think one of the benefits that's going to come out of this, I mean, it'd be nice if you all get a nice settlement from the government there and you could could use that to to fuel your vehicle. But at the very least, I think you're going to see a a boost in your web hits and possibly some additional YouTube subscribers on the MotorhomeDiaries.com YouTube channel. Because I can tell you that yesterday, uh, the hits, the unique visitor. To freekeen.com alone uh, quadrip, uh, quadrupled in one day. So uh, well, hopefully you guys got was, some of that.
2: Freekeen was like the, uh, the the first and the primary source that people would go to. So, uh, you know, once again, we really appreciate what you did. Uh, we have seen a spike uh, in the numbers of, like you said, YouTube subscribers and um, uh, people that have visited the, uh, the website. It's, it's been tremendous. And it, it's, a, it's a testament to, to say that, you know, I'm really proud of uh, both Pete and Adam. Because uh, they, they didn't back down. They, they acted completely morally and they were totally on the right and they didn't back down just because uh, somebody was acting uh, immorally uh, and they had a badge. I mean, the, the, the badge doesn't mean anything. I mean, it would be great if our police officers behaved, but these guys did not. And so they, they stood up and uh, people responded to that and, um, you know, the, the, the fundraising and just the, I was overwhelmed by email messages of support and uh, just everybody rallying around. So I I would encourage more people, you know, uh, don't be afraid of, uh, of the government because the government's full of a lot of thugs, uh, to be frank. And um, just stand up for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And something that we encourage here on this show, I think that if Sam were here tonight, he would encourage the same thing. And uh, of course, he is sitting in jail still. He's been in jail now for over four weeks. You know what I think is but funny? the same ab- thing, by the way, for for recording a government bureaucrat basically.
5: What I think is funny here is uh, you know Pete was telling the story, and it seemed like one of the things that really set the police officers off was they decided to go in your motorhome without permission because, well, of course the dog. There's alerted. a dog. Of course they didn't they didn't find any drugs, but the dog alerted. Um, which I'm lo- I'm glad that they didn't find drugs, as it were. You know, mm-hmm. just plant Thank something. But they Uh, got upset because they saw – what's that?
2: I said, kids, stay away from drugs. (laughs)
5: Um, They got upset because they saw a bumper sticker that said something like, uh, you know, disobey the government or be mean to the government or something like that. They went ahead and did exactly the thing that people that think that the government is too big, too intrusive, and too dangerous expected them to do. They abused their power, and they threw innocent people in jail.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then there there are threats. uh, This is Pete again. The threats to me, especially about involving the ATF and us being on an ATF hold while uh, in the jail, you know, we weren't allowed to to make a phone call
4: for Mm
1: -hmm. uh, seven, eight hours. And they kept saying, oh, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. It never did. But then that we find out today when we picked up our RV that uh, the person at the uh, impound lot uh had brought my firearms from the the rv which had just been left strewn in the rv open and accessible to anybody he had he had put them back in the container and locked them up and brought them inside his facility and that was great to see but i mean it just shows these cops are saying oh these guns are so dangerous and so bad and then they just leave them out in the open like that for anyone to grab so it...
0: wow um, now, you, you all said when you got the RV back, which, by the way, how much did it cost to get the RV back? I thought it's going to be a little bit more than your average car to get out of the tow yard.
1: Yeah, it costs $500, and we were told that uh, what the state of Mississippi does is when the, the law enforcement calls for a tow, there's there's a, like a list of uh, wrecking crews in the area that, that they just go down one by one, and then uh, there's set rates. And because we had a large vehicle, they would have used, had to use a large wrecker so the set mm-hmm. rate was uh, supposedly four, $400 an hour, and the guy, you know, he, he had to drive it first from the scene and then to a second location, uh, and he said he dropped it off about 11.30 in the morning, and then he got a call about 5 in the afternoon to come pick it back up. And during that time, it was to allow the, the uh, sheriff's department and the ATF, if they came, we're not sure, to look over the RV and examine all the stuff. And so anyway, he drove it for more than the time, more than one hour, but he only paid charges for about one hour. Geez, I can't. I, I, I
5: can hardly believe that there's a good tow story out there. And well, good yeah, if, uh, well,
0: if you consider $500
5: good. I, I look, one hour. The, the guy. These people that work with the government, as far as tow truck drivers, are usually the most ruthless, immoral yeah, jerks around.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, uh, surprise. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. But let me just say to all the law enforcement out there that's listening that uh, the, uh, the motorhome that we're driving, uh, Marv, has been heavily vetted by the Jones County Police Department and uh, Sheriff's Department, so there's no need to search us in the future. We are totally clean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Safe. <laughs> hey, I've got more calls here. Let's talk to Daryl in South Carolina. Daryl, you're on with Pete and Jason from MotorhomeDiaries.com.
8: Hey, Pete Jason. Uh, first, want to say uh, congratulations on getting bailed out. Uh, and I'm actually writing an article uh, it will be put in the Mountaineer Jeffersonian, which is a newspaper up in, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. It's like the alternate college paper up there. Brother. And I just want to make sure that I have all the facts and I'm glad that you guys are posting on your blog everything that happened. That way I can sort of double-check everything.
0: Well, how can uh, people get in touch with you guys? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, for instance, I mean, as far as checking facts and things like that, people that want to write articles or get you for an interview, uh, links through MotorHomeDiaries.com, anything specific you want to give out?
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely the case. Uh, Daryl, thanks for your interest, and in, we did see your email. We're just, uh, right now, we're like we said, um, figuring out where our priorities are and going from there. But, uh, yeah, mail at MotorHomeDiaries.com is the best place. If you go to MotorHomeDiaries.com, there's a contact tab. It has uh, different ways of contacting us. There's a phone number as well, which goes to a voicemail uh, through Google. But uh, yeah, it, once we get this uh, post up within the, uh, the next couple hours, if you have additional questions, feel free to hit us up, and we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely
8: make time for you.
0: Daryl, was there any question you wanted to ask right now? Just just one. Uh,
8: yeah. After the police officer saw your uh, anti-government bumper stickers uh, earlier on, you said that's when his demeanor changed and unfortunately my internet connection went out for like a minute and a half so i missed hearing what happened immediately after that because yeah, he yeah. arrested
1: yeah basically he read it out loud and then he he he, he said oh what did he he said like oh you're one of those kind Or i know no he said i know what you guys are about or something like that i have not <laughs> written down but uh but before i mean so his demeanor changed there, but it was also when I when I when I said, "Oh, I know dogs can be falsely triggered," and then he was like, "You call me a liar? You call my dog a liar?" And he got really. It seemed like he was on a mission to find something. They had stopped us, and they're on a mission, and you know. And then later, when they didn't find anything inside, he came back out and started searching the external storage again. And then, you know, he thought he was uh he was gonna take a compartment apart and thought maybe this would like uh, scare me into cooperating, which we you know which is ridiculous, but.
2: And also, uh, while, while uh, Adam and I were in the back of the, uh, the same police car being driven to uh, their, their cage, their jail, um, over the dispatcher, the uh, police officer said that we were a, a couple of uh, white supremacists. Oh, gosh. It was clear that they had no idea what we were
0: about. But it sounds to me like they'd gotten that briefing from the federal government uh, about how they were trying to tie in liberty-loving people with uh, the white supremacist Every government.
3: time. It seems like the, this is, is really common. I mean, they, they find a, a van or an RV with three young guys in it, and they just automatically assume, oh, road trip, there's got to be drugs in there. So they start intimidating. And most people get, give in in situations like this i had something similar happen to me i was on a road trip i wasn't in an rv but we got pulled over for basically no reason you, know, you kids just, a, kids in a car exactly kids in a car without a state place and i did have drugs on me so it oh, did boy. not it ended uh, <laughs> i didn't have to go to jail though so i don't know who who got off easier but
0: guys can you stick around for a little more We'd love to. All right, great. Hang on. 800-259-9231. We're going to burn their whole cell phone battery up. Longest interview ever? I don't know. We did Mark Stevens for two hours, I think, (laughs) once. This is definitely up there. 800-259-9231, MotorhomeDiaries.com. The guys are with us. Uh, If you get a call, you better make it now. Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind, though. If you've got a question for Pete and Jason for MotorhomeDiaries.com, your call will take preference at the moment because we've had them on since the beginning of the show, giving us all of the inside scoop on why and how and what happened when they were arrested yesterday morning uh, in rural Mississippi held in a jail cell for, uh, 12 full hours and finally let out later on after the activists, liberty activists from around the country uh, got together and uh, contrib- came together quickly and g- gathered over $3,000, sent that to Allison Gibbs over the campaign for liberty. She came down, flew down to uh, to see you guys and, and help out. And it's so, I mean, uh, so many people came together and it was such an amazing process to, uh, to watch happen. And of course, now it's only just beginning in that, you know, there's going to be – a There's going to be a trial this summer, most likely, and you guys are going to uh, certainly not give in. You're not going to plea out. You're going to go after these guys uh, as much as you possibly can. And uh, so we've just been talking about that all night long. And, of course, promoting MotorhomeDiaries.com is uh, the amazing experience it has been for you so far. And, of course, all of us get to watch it from the outside as we read your blog posts and, and view your videos and you did get some video footage of the police harassing and arresting Adam one of the other guys there in the uh, the RV uh, but unfortunately, the cops gave you the camera back with the footage deleted. But what they don't know is how to is that we know people who can undelete footage uh, from hard drive cameras, and it happened to be a hard drive based camera. Hard drives and hard drive and flash based cameras are the easiest cameras, from what I understand, to undelete footage from. So one of our uh, listeners is going to meet up with you guys. He's in Tennessee right now, but I guess he's going to meet up somewhere with you and run his uh, tools on your your camera to try to recover this footage. So it, there's a good chance, I would say. Uh, that that footage is going to be recovered, in which case, that who knows, that might be a viral video on YouTube. Rednecks being
5: cut down like chaff before a sigh. <laughs>
2: well, uh, you know, and I wanted to make it very clear to the arresting... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. I wanted to make it very clear to the uh, the arresting officer, Officer Adkins, of the Jones uh, County Sheriff's Department, that what we're about, and that we are filming this documentary, and that we, we do have that, uh, that five minutes of video... And we are going to make him a YouTube star. And uh, so I, I guess he had to decide, uh, you know, decide, uh, you know does, does he take his chances and uh, let these guys use that video? Or is he like the, um, the fastest moving government employee and, uh, you know, quickly uh, delete that video, um, not realizing that, yeah uh, you know, we have friends that can recover that?
0: Apparently. Let's continue with some phone calls here. People want to talk to you guys. Dan is on the line in New Jersey on the Amp Line. Dan, you're on with Jason and Pete from MotorhomeDiaries.com.
9: Hey, guys, Dan Patrick here. Hey, Dan, we love you. Hey, uh, yeah, I had a question. Uh, some of the early information came out about your bail, um, and it was um, $1,000 for two of you and, and 1500 um for, for another. Um, I guess for Jason or, or for Pete it was 1500 And And uh, I guess when all was said and done, it ended up being a lot less than that. Did, is there any information about what happened to those bail numbers or why it was reduced?
2: Well, initially, they, gave, uh, they had a bunch of charges that they, they rattle off, and then they, they had to give us something for the uh, 12 hours that we spent in their cage. So, um, you know, we, we walked out with like one charge apiece, and I guess that brought the number down. But these guys, I mean, you, you talk about mismanagement and just like a clumsy police department. I don't know who these guys are that they give badges to in Jones County,
9: but uh, it was just utter confusion the entire time exactly yeah and so yeah that's how it sounded i mean I, i called um i called the police department myself to get some some direct information and um you know i was i was put on hold for a long period of time and hung up and called back and uh yeah, you know, there was a lot of uh, passing me around.
0: I was actually um, fairly lucky when I called the bureaucrats at the jail. Uh, they were, were pretty nice. Maybe it was because I called one of them early on. But when I talked to the captain, she was she was actually friendly and nice to me. So I mean, credit where credits due. At least they they could have been nastier and meaner, I suppose. And and how were they treating you guys in general when you were actually on the inside?
1: Yeah, this is Pete again. When I first uh, arrived for booking. Uh, Jason and Adam had been already. They were sitting there already. They had showed up before me. They were sitting on a bench, and they led me into a room adjacent. But I was still able to see them about 15 feet away and converse with them. And Jason obviously was still in pain. His eyes were closed, and I asked him how he was doing, and he said, "You know, he hadn't yet been able to open his eyes uh, from the pepper spray." And then one of the officers, um, you know, attempted to close the door between us, and someone else asked him what he was doing. He said, "Well, they're talking," and and he said, and. The second officer said, well, have you advised him not to talk? And he said, well, I don't know. And then, so anyway, they left, left the door open we were able to talk a little bit. But uh, the, Jason asked if he'd go to the washroom, get get uh, his eyes taken care of. And they said, well, after you're booked. And then we sat there for a while. And then, you know, after you're booked, after you're booked. Finally, they, they let him up and they let him over to a sink so he was able to wash out his eyes a little bit. But
4: wow. it was
1: it was this long process. And we said, you know, can we make a phone call, let some people know what's going on? And uh, they said, after you're booked. But... They put us in a cell and they left us there, you know, with a lot of other people who were in this pretty pretty similar situations of uh, of a victimless crimes. And uh, and we, you know, like I said, we I don't think we did anything wrong at all. But uh, but uh, so we we kept asking every every uh, correction officer that walked by, like, could we use the phone? And uh, they said, oh, we'll get to that. And then it took it took a good uh, seven hours to, to let us finally get a phone call. That sounds it like
0: high. jail. We, that sounds like yeah, jail. We
1: kept in this kept in this uh, this cold room. It was like. It was this, you know, cinder block room, nine cinder blocks by ten cinder blocks, and it was, like, concrete floor. just laying on the floor, and, um, it, uh, you know, pretty uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people out there have it worse than, obviously, like, like we're very fortunate to have um, the people uh, in our networks that we do that, that were able to come
9: and help us out. So, much appreciated. Yeah, and... Uh, The the only other point I wanted to make, guys, is uh, I know you're going to be putting out a lot of content on your website and and blogging and everything, but, uh, you know, if you can take a few minutes and just put together like a 500- or 1,000-word press release and, uh, you know, put it out to some of the local newspapers and stuff, you might be surprised uh, at who would pick it up or even local uh, TV stations. Yeah, I
2: appreciate that. Uh, You know, Pete is uh, polishing up a post about just a – Kind of a minute by minute to detail of what happened. I'm working on a post about you know all the support that we received, and then we are definitely going to put out press releases, and especially in Jones County, get their local media know what uh, their sheriff and uh, and how his uh, deputies are kept kept off their leashes. Um, I also want to mention that uh, I don't think we answered your question directly, Dan. You're asking about the uh, the, the fines. Uh, I walked out with a $300 fine, and I believe uh, Pete and Adam had about. A $200 fine, and so just for the record. Wait,
0: wait, hold on. Point of point of information: Are those fines or bail amounts?
2: Um. Well, actually, they're gonna they're gonna turn into fines because if we don't show up for our court appearance, then they keep that money. So uh, they said, uh, so, you know, if you want to contest it, um, then you know you might get that money back.
9: But uh, so those, those, did, those are. Did you so, did you yeah. actually <laughs> pay for your release at the time, or were you just given these fines and a, a future court date and allowed to walk? That's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, the so,
2: latter. Uh, we we paid our fine uh, because we were out of state. Uh, they they made us pay everything up front, and uh, if we want that money back, then uh, it, we have to go to court.
0: I uh, don't know. And Dan, thank you for the call tonight. I don't know if I would trust those bureaucrats. Um, you you definitely should consult. And I'm sure you're going to do this anyway. But just uh, just to let people know they're listening. You never want to believe the bureaucrats when they tell you things unless you can get that, get that, get it in writing or get them, you know, recorded saying what they're saying. Uh, That way you can have some proof of it. Because if they're claiming that, oh, well, you just give us this money, we'll let you out, and then if you come and you can challenge it or not, you know, no big deal, Uh, we'll pay it it back if you win. Well, what if it turns out that if you don't show up, you get a failure to appear charge, and then the next time you drive through Mississippi, they uh, pick you up again on failure to appear, which is usually an even more serious uh, kind of a situation. That's a very real possibility. Guys, if you can hang on, we're going to bring you back. Still got another call for you. 800-259-9231. Hopefully more with MotorhomeDiaries.com's Pete and Jason here in moments. It's Free Talk Live.
3: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com.
0: Live, you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 That number brought to you by SACL, C-A-I, and that's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, and even a webcam. Uh, as I mentioned, we are testing brand-new webcam service uh, starting tonight. You can get all of that for free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 60,
5: downloadable audio books, magazines, radio shows, all for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL today. They've got all kinds of major authors over there. I, I, I would guess every major author over there, James Patterson, Mary Higgins Clark, um, audiblepod, audiblepodcast.com FTL.
0: They have been driving all around the country uh, for the last couple of months. Are going to continue doing it all throughout the entire year. Uh, it's the Motorhome Diaries, MotorhomeDiaries.com. Jason and Pete, former Crashers in Chief over at Bureau Crash, have now moved on and are doing uh, what I think is an amazing outreach project, uh, where they've been tr- just uh, visiting with all kinds of liberty-minded people around the country, shooting video, putting them online, chronicling their travels across uh, North America, and it's been a it's been a great experience so far. Didn't. Uh, it wasn't so great yesterday morning. After, as you, Jason, were being pepper sprayed for not handing a police officer your identification, uh, after your other friends were being arrested for trying to videotape uh, the, or video with uh, their cameras, the police officers, as they, as y'all had been pulled over for some sort of tag issue. And so they took you all to jail, and the activists came to your rescue. They did an amazing job coming together from all across the country. Allison Gibbs from uh, the Campaign for Liberty flew down there to help you guys out. There was a local activist in Jackson, or not Jackson, uh, Jones County, Mississippi. That came down to help you out as well, and so thank goodness we have the internet and all these people coming together have the ability to come together in a way that you know eight years ago would not have been possible, even though we had the internet back then. Now we've got so many social networking uh, functions; people are so much uh, better interconnected today, and uh, it's just been it's been great having you on the show tonight. I really appreciate you staying staying with us so long and answering all these questions.
2: Well, thanks so much, and I I want to tie our case uh, into the. uh you know the the free Sam Dobson case because uh, video cameras are really
8: really important
2: and uh, I mean activists should should use that as their primary weapon and uh, it, you know Sam uh, he's been in, in in jail much longer than we have it was only 12 days so so imagine the hardship that he's going through so I, I would hope anybody that's listening to uh, this radio show in support of uh, the Motorhome Diaries guys would support just Sam as well
0: absolutely and i'm glad you said that i was going to ask you just as a favor in in all of the interviews that you're going to end up doing here in all of the coverage you guys have managed to receive uh i don't think sam has gotten half of the coverage you guys have gotten in 24 hours in four weeks uh for for his case now we are on the cusp hopefully of getting a boston globe mainstream article uh written that might mention sam and rumor has it there's a, a feature story being worked on here in Keene about him uh but you know, as far as the blog coverage is concerned you you guys blew up uh, in the blogosphere big time yesterday, yeah, and huge. it took weeks to get that kind of response uh, for Sam. So any, any chance you get to mention his plight and what he's dealing with? Because it's a very similar situation. You guys were on the side of the road recording a government bureaucrat. He was in a government court lobby recording uh, some uh, using his video camera, and he was arrested. So it's kind of the same issue that, you know, that started both of these situations, and I, I really appreciate that. I'm sure if Sam were on the line with us, uh, he would be expressing his appreciation as well. Back to my question from uh, before the break, I was suggesting that if the, the bureaucrats are telling you one thing about how, oh, well, you've, you've already paid the fine, so if you don't show up for court, we'll just keep the money, no big deal. Uh, I just, I don't trust a word that they say, and I don't know if you've consulted, have you consulted with a lawyer about the, the uh, veracity of that claim?
2: Uh, well, we've signed paperwork that told us the fine and, and, and spelled out that, uh, you know, uh, if we don't go to court, then, you know, the, then... They keep the money, but we I can uh, we can get it back. So I mean, we did find paperwork when we gave over that money.
0: And you have copies of that of that paperwork? Uh, I sure do. Yeah. Okay, very good. That's uh, that is good to know. Those rednecks just want your money. Yes, they that's want all you. To, it's they, about, they want to
5: take your money cool. and they want to send you on. And they're kind of happy that they got to squirt a little pepper spray in your eye and, yep. and teach you city folks some lesson about law enforcement out here in rural Mississippi. <laughs> well,
2: let me just say that I mean, right now I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, with some friends and. Uh, I mean, these are the police departments. These are the cops, right? The people in Mississippi that helped us out, like the cab driver we told our story to, and uh, the people at Walmart where we had to uh, buy our our clothes because everything was locked up in our um, RV. Everybody was super friendly there. Um, And so, I mean, the the people are great. They just have really, really, really bad cops.
5: Absolutely. I'm not going after everybody from the South. Um, I I am from the South. What I'm going after is the redneck good old boy cops that they have out
2: there. Well let me, let me just say that, uh, so I'm, I'm in the back of the police car. Uh, my eyes are full of pepper spray. Adam's next to me, and uh, like, I, I believe it was their, I was told their captain, uh, Adam told me because I couldn't see. but uh, you know, he's like, y'all, y'all have a good day now." And then he peels away, and uh, their sirens, you know, the, the red and blue light, part of it uh, will, will play some uh, country jingle. It wasn't Dixie, but it was something like that. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't identify it. No, I, I'm serious. Yeah, it was just like the uh, the Dukes of Hazard.
0: <laughs> that's Dixie. <laughs> that's weird. Wow, that is bizarre. The, the, the siren is not a standard police siren. It's playing some sort of southern ditty.
2: That's the uh, Jones County uh, Sheriff's Department.
5: Uh, yeah, I used to live on a street where the kid would come down in his souped-up hot rod with the uh, Dixie.
0: He, he'd push his horn. Do that, That's
7: fine, because taxpayers aren't paying for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we got another call. People want to talk to you. Norman is on the line in Texas. Norman, you're on with Pete and Jason from MotorhomeDiaries.com.
8: Hey, Pete and Jason, this is Norm from Austin. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for calling in. Hey, man. Um, well, just I was so freaked out when I heard about what happened. I mean, considering we had just talked last Saturday and we were having a great time over in, here in Austin, I was just absolutely beside myself, especially since I'd heard about I don't know, you guys might have heard about this, the pastor near Yuma, Texas, that got tased and nearly killed by the insane cops out here. Mm. Uh, the so video of
0: that is horrific, by the way.
8: It's unbelievable. Uh, you can find it on, like, the LouRockle.com blog and various other places. It's just absolutely astounding. Um, and, I, and actually, I, was, I had, t- had one question that has already been answered uh, over the course of you know the last few minutes. One question I had is that I had been hearing that that they were arresting you for possession of an, of an alcoholic beverage in a dry county, but then I also heard that there are no dry counties in Mississippi. Is that is that true or is that just bogus? It, it's very confusing
2: because yes, they did charge Pete with uh, having uh, you know a uh, a single Corona beer in the refrigerator, and Pete doesn't even drink beer, by the way. It wasn't even his. But uh, that's the big, but they had to have some excuse to uh, justify why they locked him in a uh, in a cage for 12 hours.
0: So it is wow. a dry county then, because yeah, I'd heard the conflicting information that Mississippi has no dry counties. Wikipedia doesn't list, or that doesn't list any, but then somebody else claimed on the blog at freekeen.com that there are indeed dry counties in Mississippi. And if, if that's the case, uh, and what you're saying is true, that the beer wasn't even open, then that they can charge you for just possessing alcohol in a dry county. Most dry counties, you, you just can't buy the alcohol, but I guess there are some of them where you can't even be in possession of it. It's a true prohibition.
2: I don't Which have the answer. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's very confusing because uh, the, 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 the nice cab driver that uh, picked us up, uh, we told her about that. She's like, look, there's an Applebee's right there that sells alcohol. So, <laughs> so I, I don't see how these um, these charges can hold us in court. Um, They're probably but, uh, just
3: hoping that you don't show up and they yeah. can keep your money. They just want your money. That's <laughs> all it's about.
0: Well, uh,
2: you know, they know they have a public relations nightmare on their hands. And uh, they they had they just had nothing that they could pin on Pete because they searched the vehicle and found nothing you know it was totally clean except for this one beer and there might be some old statute on the books that isn't even enforced mm-hmm. but they uh, they threw that in there. I don't know. I'll get back to you about this, and we'll certainly publish it on MotorhomeDiaries.com.
0: Yeah, guys. And, Norman, thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. Uh, please you know, keep us in the loop as things continue to develop. Uh, obviously, I think we went a full week without hearing from you guys. And uh, I, I got I got my I, I got my Jones going on here. I need yeah. to get my Motorhome <laughs> Diaries fixed.
5: I was very concerned when I saw this on Twitter. I happened to be on you know, Facebook. and That yeah, was hey, all yeah, thanks Facebook. to you, Mark. You gave me the heads and, up on well, this. Well, I mean, you would have found out anyway. I just happened to get it before you. I, I was very concerned, and uh, just like the caller there. I know what happens when uh, people get going, get thrown into prison. I saw Midnight Run. I know what happens when people get thrown into prison in third world areas. And God knows Jones County's won.
0: Hey, guys, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to share this with our listeners. And hopefully this was an exclusive interview, right? We got the first one, didn't we?
2: You got it even before we did on our, our MotorhomeGuys.com, and uh, thank you guys so much. And nice. uh, let's free Sam.
0: Hey, thank you guys, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you back up here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This show is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL, C-A-I toll-free line. And, uh, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. When you enter our website, uh, or rather, excuse me, when you enter Amazon through our special link, amazon.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, they probably sell it in dozens of uh, different categories, with free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items, enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You can even buy used items. We'll still get a cut. So whenever you enter through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And if you're also looking to put some of your hard-earned money towards some great liberty activists, head over to MotorhomeDiaries.com and put some money in the gas tank of Jason, Pete, and Adam. We just talked to them for the first Full hour and 45 minutes of the show about them being arrested yesterday on just nonsensical uh, disorderly conduct charges, which, of course, is the catch-all favorite charge of the cops. If the cops decide they don't like you, but they can't find any other reason to arrest you, they will arrest you on disorderly conduct charges. And... Uh, I'd like to also re-encourage activists out there to arm up with a video camera. Make sure that you've got a video camera, or at the very least, an audio recording device of some sort with you wherever it is you go. Especially if you're going out to do some activism, make a point of having these things with you. Uh, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask Jason uh, and Pete. I know that I think they have an iPhone. I just don't know if they got the Quick.com thing up and running yet. But if they haven't done that yet, they really should take a close look at Q.I.K.com and and see if they can get that application up and running on their phone. Maybe they weren't around a cell tower when they had gotten pulled over in this rural area of Mississippi. It's rural certainly... areas usually have pretty good cell coverage because really? uh, they don't
5: have a strict regulation laws. So therefore, um, you know, they they often do.
0: Sometimes it's a, it's a crapshoot. If you're in the it middle is. of nowhere, sometimes there's nothing. Well,
5: but, by the if by the middle of nowhere you mean somewhere out in uh, the, the desert of Nevada yeah. or
0: um,
5: you know, Montana, yes, maybe you are. But well, when it's not you're even great
0: about, here in New Hampshire in some places.
5: It, here it's hilly, and we are chucked full of liberals that hate the idea of a, a terrible radio tower showing that we're moving into yeah. the, the new millennium.
0: Well, anyway, either way, having a phone, a smartphone, with the ability to stream video over Quick.com is invaluable. Had they been streaming over Quick.com, the police would not have been able to erase the video. Now, we're hoping they get the video back through an undelete process, so if they're trying to rescue the data. It's possible. But if that had streamed out the instant it had happened... Then that video would have been out, and the cops would have, it would have been cat would have been out of the bag. There would have been no way for them to get it back in. Um, so it's something that every activist should take a look at. For me, I've got a smartphone, and it costs me forty extra dollars per month. Basically, it doubled my costs. Actually, yeah, about it about doubled my costs. Went from like thirty five to seventy bucks plus taxes. It ends up being about 80 bucks, seventy eight bucks a month to have unlimited data on my smartphone. That way, wherever I am, as long as I've got cell phone service, I can stream out video from my phone. And that's something that is going to, I think, change the tides between the activists and the police out there. It's going to give us an edge that we've never had before because it's good enough. It's good when you've got cameras and good when you've got audio recording devices. But it doesn't, I don't think, get any better than having the ability to literally broadcast to the Internet... As something is going down, so activists should consider getting themselves that kind of equipment, especially if they're going to be out and about doing activism. But just in general, to have with you, have a little voice recorder in your car or something like that, in the you know the uh, the the uh, the mid section of the car or the glove compartment or something, to where you can you can have access to it at any time. You never know when you might end up needing something like that. So, also, I want to uh, remind people that Jason and Pete had encouraged people to start saying no to these cops and to start disobeying and to start doing some non cooperation. And that's what they did. But when you look at the story and you see that Jason ended up getting pepper sprayed for not giving his identification and not, uh, you know, uh, not assisting them in their kidnapping process. So instead of putting his hands on the car and put it, or putting them behind him, he made them do it for him. They ended up charging him with resisting arrest. So please understand that if you are going to do non-cooperation, there is a very good chance that you're going to go into a jail cell. There is a chance you are going to encounter a rogue cop and that they 're going to pepper spray you or 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 possibly worse. well, this so, is essentially what they 're not really even rogue. This
5: is essentially this is what, what they're they 're taught do. to do yeah. you might get lucky and find a police officer you know an older cop on 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 the beat who 's uh, you know, sort of understands that they're peace officers or, or somebody who doesn't take their, their job as a law enforcement officer very seriously. But these people are of the opinion that if you lose control of a situation, that you are a poor officer and you're going to die in the wrong situation. That's what they're told. They're told that losing control is not what they're supposed to do. So they, they essentially have to arrest you if you refuse to comply with what they say. And even if what they say is illegal. That's why they have that catch-all charge Mm -hmm. of disorderly conduct, because it's essentially made everything that a cop does that's illegal, legal.
0: Yep. So prepare for the worst and be ready for it, but hopefully you'll have activists that are willing to back you up, hopefully you'll have video cameras that can stream out to the Internet, to where if they do arrest you, if they are abusive toward you, you have the evidence to document that and to put it online and to show people what these government gangsters are doing with their money this is uh, we're all paying for this taxpayer dollars are going to enact this tyranny upon people but the one way that people are going to really get it through their heads that this is not a free country is by being able to see these things happen. And if you've got activists backing you up and you've got a bunch of people with you, you're safer in situations like this. These guys were out in the middle of uh, you know the woods, basically in rural Mississippi, uh, with no streaming options, and they were you know they're caught off guard as as a result of that. Here in New Hampshire, we've got the Porcupine 411, which is a great little cell phone service where if you've got a cell phone, you can dial a Pork 411 phone number. And In fact, Jason and Pete could do it if they, if they had the number. Uh, you dial this number, as long as you've got cell phone service, you can stream out audio that, as soon as you hang up the phone, is distributed to hundreds of activists that are subscribing to that. So that's another way to get some, uh, get some information out there. But we're, you know, at this stage in the game, with the government being as tyrannical as it is, and we've all experienced it. Julia, you went to jail over uh, having a little bit of marijuana as you were traveling uh, the country at, at one point, as you mentioned earlier. Mark, you've been in prison uh, for, for nine years. I went to jail over you know uh, not sitting fast enough in a courtroom. But the more attention we can bring to these atrocities, the better off we're going to be. The more people are going to wake up and get a clue that something needs to be done. And I think that what that something is, besides getting active and you know doing the political thing, which is... Again, a better option here in New Hampshire than it is in a lot of places. I think that mass non-cooperation is the answer. I think that if enough people non-cooperate with the state, don't obey all of its demands. I'm not saying go out and do 100% non-cooperation, just a little bit. Dabble in it here and there, see how it works out. If enough people were to start doing that, they would not be able to handle it. They wouldn't be able to handle the caseload if people just non-cooperated and took those cases to trial. They wouldn't be able to afford it. They'd run out of money, and they would have to change their behavior because the local governments don't have the ability to just print out money like the feds do. So they have a very distinct budget, and if they go over that budget, they actually will run out of money, unlike the feds. The feds, they can just keep printing it, so you're pretty much screwed uh, when you're dealing with them. But at least the local guys, you can bankrupt them. You can cash them out if you have enough people with the courage that Pete and Jason and Adam showed yesterday, the courage that Sam uh, showed a few weeks back. I I think that's going to be a critical element to achieving liberty in our lifetime, is for people having the ability and the courage and the willingness to not go along with this tyranny anymore. 800-259-9231. You can't bring up anything here, uh, so we'll go to another story. WXYZ in Warren, Michigan, reporting that uh, relatives and friends of 16-year-old Robert Mitchell are in search of answers. Their teenager was killed by a police taser as he ran away from Warren officers. A vigil was held Sunday night, and his mother talked about what happened. Warren say Mitchell was driving a car with expired tags. So he died... Because he had expired tags. Yeah, the little piece of metal they stick on the back of the car, the well, the the sticker on it wasn't yeah. didn't have the right year. And uh, as officers pulled him over, they say he ran and tried to hide inside a house. At some point, there was a struggle and an officer used the taser. Relatives say young Mitchell was no more than 110 pounds at his age, 16, and he posed no significant threat to law enforcement. But spokes bureaucrat for the Warren Police Department told Action News that officers were just following their TASER guidelines. And I'm sure that they'll do an investigation. They'll find that they were by the book and everything's fine with yeah, this they case. Have,
5: is this the same TASER guidelines that they use on seven-year-olds? Because, I mean, you know, we, we see stories like this all the time of officers using them on tiny little people. And, well, just as a surprise here, the same as the TASER was meant to replace the Billy Club... The same way the billy club hurts little people more than it hurts big Mm. people, the taser hurts little people more than it hurts big people. And, you know, (laughs) I I must say the taser's a little cleaner than the billy club, but it still kills people. It still hurts people.
0: Yep. And there's also another video that I saw today of somebody running from the cops with a helicopter shot of them. You know, classic helicopter shot of somebody being chased by the police. He lays down and gives up, submits himself, basically. Puts his arms out, legs out, lays down, and as the first cop comes up, he gives him a full-speed kick to the head. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, we are launching an hour and tree of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll free number is 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live. So, a little bit of good news, a little bit of bad news coming out of Washington, D.C. We do like to bring you the good news when it happens, because, well, it just doesn't happen very often. And I don't really even know how good this news is. I, I have to say I'm I'm somewhat skeptical. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna just read some of this story to you guys and see how uh, see what your response is here. So uh, I'm waiting with bated breath. So the story is from the Wall Street Journal, where the Obama administration's new drug czar says he wants to banish the idea that the U.S. is fighting a war on drugs a move that would underscore a shift favoring treatment over incarceration and trying to reduce illicit drug use. In his first interview since being confirmed to, the head, uh, to head the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy, Gil Karolowski said Wednesday the bellicose analogy was a barrier to dealing with the nation's drug issues. He says, regardless of how you try to explain to people that it's a war on drugs or a war on a product, people see a war... As a war on them. And it is.
3: Because it is?
0: It is indeed a war on uh, people. It's a war on our friends. It's a war on our family members who have chosen to make certain choices that some people might disagree with. Uh, And it is an outrageous war that results in, last year alone, 1.5 million Americans being arrested. Many of them ending up behind bars as a result of that. And and most of those arrests, like 80-plus percent, are for simple possession. Over 800,000 of those arrests are for marijuana. So it sounds like, you know, on the good side here, that this Gill guy, Mr. Karolowski...
3: He looks Kar- like a nice guy, by the way.
0: Kara, Excuse me, Karolikowski. Mr. Karolikowski is saying that, uh, you know, they don't want to keep having this... They, they, he sounds like he's saying that the war on drugs is a bad idea, but at I, the same that's time, not what I heard at all. Well, right. It sounds like he's saying that. But what I'm hearing, my interpretation of what he's saying is that, well, we just don't want to call it the war on right. drugs anymore. We don't
3: want you guys accusing us of ruining your family's lives anymore. So we're going to give it a nice fluffy name. War is such a mean word.
0: Kara Lakowski's comments are a signal that the Obama administration is set to follow a more moderate and likely more controversial stance on the nation's drug problems. Prior administrations talked about pushing treatment and reducing demand while continuing to focus primarily on a tough criminal justice approach. The Obama administration is likely to deal with drugs as a matter of public health rather than criminal justice alone, with treatment with treatment's role growing relative to incarceration. So, again... Not exactly so a So glowing... I get
3: caught with a joint, you're going to force me into rehab? That sounds wonderful. Thanks. Well,
0: I, can
5: t- I, I agree. I, I can tell you that you'd prefer to go to rehab, you know, some kind of outpatient rehab than you
3: would to jail. I, you know, I'm not sure about that at all. Actually, if you're talking about, like, I go... I have to go live in a rehab center for several months? That doesn't sound any better to me at all. That versus sounds a like couple jail, weeks. except where they're going to be giving me medication and crap.
0: Likely on your, a first offense, you wouldn't be dealing with a,
5: an inpatient situation.
0: Already the administration has called for an end to the disparity in how crimes involving crack cocaine and powdered cocaine are dealt with. Does that mean that they're going to make it so that powder cocaine is as punished uh, punishable as crack or that they're going to reduce the penalties for crack? See, they're very nebulous here in how they're going to be approaching this. I mean, when they say that uh, treatment's role is going to grow relative to incarceration, wh- what does that really mean?
3: That they're gonna treat as many people as they put away?
0: That's what it's sounding That's like, exactly isn't it
3: sounds like. That's exactly what it sounds like. So we're gonna we're gonna keep this 800,000 people or whatever in jail, and we're also gonna put that many people in, in rehab
0: treatment yeah that's exactly that's that was the impression i was getting when i read this and i'm glad i wasn't the only one and, and uh, glad i'm not the only one who was reading it that way because because they try to make it sound like with the headline on this story white house czar calls for an end to the war on drugs when i saw that headline i thought what is that and uh, this sounds like great news. And I started reading and uh, was getting He's not progressively... really
3: calling for the end of anything.
0: No, he's calling for a change of the right. name of the war on drugs. <laughs> right.
5: Our PR agency said that this war on drug thing was a bad idea. So so we're going to
0: call it the Get America Off Drug Campaign. The administration <laughs> also said federal authorities would no longer raid medical marijuana dispensaries in the 13 states where voters That's have made medical marijuana legal.
3: small step of progress. But they
0: haven't actually stopped. They no. said they would stop a few months, ago, a couple months ago, or a few weeks back, and since then a couple of uh, dispensaries have been raided in California. Agents had previously done so under federal law, which doesn't provide any exemptions to its marijuana prohibition. During the campaign, Obama talked about ending the federal ban on funding for needle exchange programs, which are used to stem the spread of HIV among intravenous drug users. The drug czar doesn't have the power to enforce any of these changes himself, but Mr. Karolikowski plans to work with Congress and other agencies to alter the current policies. So even though he's the drug czar, he can't actually just say, you know what, we're done with, uh, with this enforcement. Not that he would say that, but he couldn't do that anyway.
3: So who could do that? Congress. <laughs> so uh, however many hundred
5: so the pe- people
3: yeah. can the make people- that decision? <laughs>
5: yep. The people that uh, have failed to make that decision up to this point are now uh, slated with that decision.
0: Kowalikowski says he'll work with the agencies. He hasn't yet focused on U.S. policy toward fighting drug-related crime in other countries. Was most recently the police chief in Seattle, a city known for experimenting with drug programs. In 2003, voters there passed an initiative making the enforcement of simple marijuana violations a low priority. Now, I wonder how that actually works out. Like Because I've heard of it happening before, where voters will put a referendum on the ballot, and it'll say, marijuana enforcement is now your lowest priority, police department. Now, go out and catch some real criminals. How many of, uh, I mean, does that actually change things? Does it actually change how the results uh, of, as far as the amount of people are, that are arrested and things like that? Or is it just that the cops basically say, well, we've got nothing else to do. Let's go bust some potheads. I don't know. Because they don't give you any numbers here as far as uh, backing that up. Anybody in Seattle want to chime in on this and give us some more information on what things uh, were like or what things are like there in Seattle as far as marijuana arrests are concerned? I'd like to know. Do they actually take that kind of thing seriously? Because we know that when uh, when a resolution is passed on the state level, like recently happened in Massachusetts, for instance, where they are decriminalizing marijuana, it's still illegal, but it'll get you a fine instead of j- immediate jail time. You'll, they'll you know they'll write you a citation basically. The police were outraged about this. The police were talking about how they could get around it and how uh, you know how this is going to ruin their their policing. So it's not the cops aren't just out there just following the orders because the orders from the voters were stop this. Yeah. So they're not just following orders. The cops are out there lobbying for the war on drugs, and so when they say, when you tell the cops make this your lowest priority, I just don't trust that they're going to do
5: that. Right. And they, the the fact is, they shouldn't be lobbying for any anything. They are a portion of the executive branch. They have nothing to do with creating the laws. They shouldn't. Their opinion doesn't matter.
3: Oh, it it doesn't. also seems like a conflict of interest, just a little bit. You what know. What do you mean? Uh, well, the police are people who arrest people, and their agencies taken lots of money from arresting people so it seems like a bit of a conflict of interest there for them to be allowed to have an opinion or be able to voice their opinion and it have an effect on how lawmakers make their decisions
0: yep well you're absolutely right unfortunately none of the lawmakers have bothered to uh, care about that particular point well they
3: benefit from it too
0: the lawmakers benefit from it well i don't Yeah, I guess they get to benefit from being tough on drugs or whatever during some uh, some of the political campaigns.
3: And the government agencies in general get more money when...
0: yeah, but the lawmakers don't get get a chunk. of They that. don't they get don't the get chunk piece. of
3: the cash, right. but most of them probably are government bureaucrats. That's a they have an interest in government, obviously. And um,
5: not they to mention- money
0: under the table. Not
5: to mention that uh, that money goes to support the programs that the lawmakers pass, and they don't have to allocate as much money to the police departments. So that what they do is they manage to get larger budgets elsewhere.
0: So the cops are always Johnny on the spot when it comes to lobbying to keep the war on drugs going, and for whatever reason the people in the government because there are other government people I guess the primary reason grant all kinds of credibility to the police it doesn't matter what the rest of us little peons have to say about legalization or decriminalization, all the solid uh, well-researched backed up points that we make are just uh, apparently pale in comparison to many of these politicians when they listen and They listen to these cops and they just believe everything the cops say more coming up, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, a little bit of uh, well that was the good news, bad news is coming up You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. The CAI toll-free lines, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the features include the Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo. Prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's If you have a company
5: that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Most people didn't get into their line of work in order to do collections. Uh, SACL can do it for you. You can uh, give them a call. Their uh, telephone number is right on their website. You can go to their banner at freetalklive.com, and it'll take you right there. It's SACL CAI. They're the major sponsor of the show.
0: All right, so this story that has the greatest title Ever. Just continually gets worse and worse as you dig deeper into it. It's the Wall Street Journal. Title of the story is White House Czar Calls for an End to the War on Drugs. Well, as you dig into the first few paragraphs, you find out that he just wants to kind of change the the way the the war is perceived. He's frustrated by the fact that people in America perceive it as a war on people. Well, that's, of course, as Julia pointed out, exactly what it is. So I'm glad people are perceiving it correctly. Um, So he's going to try to change how people perceive the war on drugs. We'll call it something different. As he throws their
5: children into prison.
0: Yeah. Um, And so then you keep digging here, and he says that... They are claiming that they are no longer going to raid medical marijuana dispensaries, but they haven't actually stopped doing that yet. So I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, also, it says here the uh, the story that he used to be the police chief of Seattle. And in Seattle, they uh, apparently the voters passed a referendum saying that marijuana violation should be the lowest police priority. Now, I still haven't heard from anybody as to whether that actually ended up changing anything about how the police enforce the drug laws. But it's important to point out that old Mr. Karolikowski, the new drug czar opposed the city's 2003 initiative on police priority. So they try to paint him as this progressive kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a mo- progressive minded police officer. He didn't have anything to do with that thing being passed. He opposed the, the medical marijuana, or not medical marijuana, but the medical, de- or the marijuana decrim there. And his officers, however, say drug enforcement, especially for pot crimes, did take a back seat. According to president of the Seattle Police Officers Guild, one result was an open air drug market in the downtown business district. Uh, He said the uh, sergeant said an average rank and file officer is saying he can't control two blocks of Seattle. How's he going to control the nation? Well, how did John Walters control the nation, his predecessor? How did, people in prison. how did the other guy, Barry McCaffrey, control the na- nation, the other drug czar that uh, was during the Clinton administration? You can't control drugs. It's not possible. The black market, supply and demand, it doesn't matter how much, how, how many people you throw in prison, there's always going to be a demand for the product in the marketplace, and as long as there's a demand, there will be a supply. And I don't care if you lock up every single drug user. The demand is not going to go away. If anything, you put a bunch of drug users in jail, they're going to want more drugs because then they don't really have anything left to live for. And I'm not saying everybody's a drug. Everybody that's a drug user is an abuser. There are lots of responsible uh, drug users out there. In fact, I would say most of the people that are getting arrested for drugs are probably responsible drug users with jobs and, uh, and things they have to do, bills they have to pay. Karolikowski opposed the initiative. Senator Tom Coburn, the lone senator to vote against Karolikowski, was concerned about the permissive attitude toward marijuana enforcement. Others say they're pleased by the way the Seattle police balanced the available options. ACLU spokesperson spokesperson in Washington state said that I think he believes there's a place for using the criminal sanctions to address the drug abuse problem. But he's more open to giving a hard look to solutions that look at the demand side of the equation. So they want to give a hard look at those options, which, as you were saying, uh, means forcing people into treatment centers.
3: Which sounds exactly like jail to me.
0: Yeah, except if they are drugging you in the treatment centers, that could be even worse. Well, because who knows what they're going to give you. I don't know you. if
3: you've ever spoken to anyone who's been to a mandatory drug treatment center, but it's not a pleasant experience at all. And it is like a jail, and they do drug you. and just I, I don't think it sounds any better at all. I think it sounds the same, if not maybe worse. If not worse.
0: worse. Because what if you refuse the drugs? Then they're going to strap you down and force them into you? I guess they would.
3: Yes, they would.
0: That's really scary. And, of course, they're going to try to pass this off as being all, oh, we're we're public health minded. We just want to help your health. That's all. Well, my health is fine. Thanks very much. I can make my own decisions for myself. I'm a big boy. I can decide what kind of chemicals I want to put into my body. And so can you. And if you own yourself, if you truly own yourself, then you should be able to make those decisions.
3: Obviously, you don't own yourself. Or at least they don't think you do.
0: Well, no. And obviously you don't, because if they catch you, then they'll do what they want with you, whether it's put you in a jail cell or force you into some sort of treatment center. Now, this guy, uh, his career began back in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he recalled one incident as a Florida undercover officer during the 70s that spurred his thinking that arrests alone won't fix matters. He said, well, that's good news. He said, well, yep. Yeah, see, they, they try to make it sound good, but then you just have to listen to what he says. Kara said, while we were sitting there, the guy we are buying from is smoking pot, and his toddler comes over, and he blows smoke in the toddler's face. You go home at night, and you think of your own kids and your own family, <laughs> and then you realize the depth of the problem.
3: Did he just say something about blowing smoke in toddlers' faces? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anybody who's done that, and I've known a lot of pot smokers with I kids. I believe it
0: though. I believe there's, I'm there's sure somebody, like that yeah, somewhere. somebody
3: somewhere blew some pot smoke in their toddler's face, but the kid's probably fine.
5: <laughs> right, well, likely so. he is. I mean, there's there's not much uh, there, there's no chance of him dying, and I I don't think it's a good idea. What but I, I don't...
3: like about it is just how they they just pick the worst scenarios ever and try yeah. to really tug on your heartstrings. You to know, make like, it sound oh, like that's commonplace. This, poor little kids all over the place are getting pot smoke blown in their face. Right, to make
0: it sound like that's happening a lot when in point of fact, as you say, it's never happened in your experience.
5: It, it's probably worse for the child to have uh tobacco smoke blown in their face. Yeah. It's probably true. And
3: there's I'm sure that happens more often. Well,
5: absolutely true. I mean, of course, the uh the, the many people out there would like to see, you know, people not be being, being able to smoke in their cars with children and things like that.
0: So when he says that you realize the depth of the problem, uh, and that that spurred his thinking that arrests won't uh, d- arrests alone won't fix matters. That's not him saying we need to arrest less people. That's him saying fewer people. That's him saying that we need to arrest people and then force and them into treatment. Put them
3: into treatment centers.
0: So it sounds like they're going to, again, what they said earlier was that they wanted to make treatment commensurate with the the arrests. So it sounds like they're going to start arresting and forcing people into treatment as though that's going to solve some sort of uh, issue with people using drugs. Well, I would think
5: that what they would do, they would have to arrest people in order to force them into treatment. Right. So it's going to be the worst of both
0: worlds now is basically what it's what, sounding like. Yeah,
3: what they're going to do is they're going to arrest people, put them in jail for the night or whatever, process them, let them out. Then they're going to have trials where at their trial, they demand that you go to a treatment center.
5: In most cases, um, if, if, if I can speak from experience here, in most cases, though, people will plead out to something that is treatment without an adjudication. So they won't end up with a record. This is, you know, first-time offense for white people, this is uh, how it goes.
3: i got to say, when they promise that you're not going to end up with a record, that's not necessarily the best way to go. I have experience with that. Um, Do you want well, to tell I, us about that? Sure, but the okay. break's we'll coming will come back with too.
0: that in moments. 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. Sounds like they're going to escalate the war on drugs, but come up with a new caring-sounding name for it. It's the caring process of helping people get over addiction. I think there'll just be a disparity between races. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, 259 9231 and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are... Totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Go to wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com and get interactive for free.
5: Are you facing a debt crisis? Debtcrisissolutions.com guarantees that they can protect your bank accounts, assets, and the equity in your home. They are the debt crisis consultants. In some cases, they you don't have to pay it, make another payment on your credit cards. Uh, the bankruptcy laws have changed. You need DebtCrisisSolutions.com at 718-615-0123, 718-615-0123, DebtCrisisSolutions.com.
0: So even though this new drug czar, Mr. kowski is not saying anything at all about actually reducing the amount of arrests for drug uh, so-called crimes, which of course aren't really crimes because they don't involve a victim, that's a whole other issue, even though he's not saying anything ...about reducing arrests, and he is saying something about more treatment, which means forcing people, not only arresting people, but forcing them into treatment. That's how we're reading this story from the Wall Street Journal. That's our interpretation. It seems pretty clear based on the things that he's saying, even though that's what he's saying. Listen to this response, and then we'll get into Julia's story. Listen to this response from one of the uh, the Fraternal Order of Police, the executive director of the Fraternal Order of Police nationwide. It's the nation's largest law enforcement la- labor organization. He says that while he holds Mr. Karolikowski in high regard, police officers are wary. He says, while I don't necessarily disagree with Gill's focus on treatment and demand reduction... I don't want to see it at the expense of law enforcement. People need to understand that when they violate the law, there are consequences.
3: So that really just outlines everything there. Yep. This guy doesn't care whether or not the law is moral, whether or not it's practical, whether or not it's a good idea. It doesn't matter. If it's on paper, he will enforce it. And, and now that it's there,
5: he doesn't and, want it to go away. And he doesn't want anything to um, to, to come at its expense. Law enforcement's expense. Right. right. He doesn't want law enforcement... Uh, you know,
0: Meaning uh, budgets getting cut and people losing jobs. I, I guess that's what he means. That's exactly what he means. Power he and
5: money, that's what this whole political thing's about. He doesn't want to lose either one of those and he knows Sick. that the way that he has power and money is through the the drug war i mean obviously yep. uh the, the fourth amendment's been just cut to ribbons through this thing and uh, you know people are no longer secure in their persons papers and effects or
0: whatever it i you know, it's sad Sure is. Now, Julia, you'd mentioned a few moments ago that uh, you had gotten into a situation, I guess, that involved uh, taking a deal, and they claimed that there would be no record if you took the deal right. from the state. What did you I, want to say about I that? I forget
3: how we got into it, but it was brought up that um, – sorry, that's very distracting. <laughs> Ian, Ian's adjusting something very close to my face, and I cannot talk while people's hands are that close to my face. Okay, go ahead. Um, We were talking earlier earlier about whether or not um, if somebody, like if you get in trouble with the law, for example, and they, they sometimes they'll offer you this deal where they say, all right, well, this is your first offense, so we're going to go easy on you, you know, teach you a lesson. And they say, why don't you do some community service or pay these fines or whatever. They offer you a deal or what they, they claim is a deal, and you take it, you, you do what they ask, and then it gets removed from your record. Um, I was in a situation where I was with two people. We all got arrested, the three of us, for possession of marijuana. And the two people that I was with did not have anything on their record. I had already had a possession of marijuana charge on my record. Mm -hmm. Now, when we went to the court, the judge straight up asked us. He didn't do any background checks, so I could have lied. And and after I had done, after we were done, my instant thought was, maybe I should have lied. Maybe I should have done what they did. Because they lied to the judge. Right, he said, "Have you ever had any? Char- have you ever been charged with anything before?" And I said, "I have a misdemeanor possession of marijuana, first offense, and this was my second time." And the people I were with did not have that was their first offense. So they didn't lie. So they did not. None of us lied. We were all gotcha. honest about that. Now I got away with a three hundred dollar fine, and they just said, "All right, you owe us three hundred dollars, and you can pay it in over this next month." And it's on your record. You have a misdemeanor on your record. You're just going to have to live with that. And my brother, and this happened to my brother and my boyfriend at the time, to them, they said, all right, well, you do a little bit of community service, and when you're done with your community service, then this will be erased from your record. So when we left, I thought, well, I should have just said I didn't have any charges, so I could have just gotten the community service and not paid the $300. Right. <laughs> but then, a month later, we get they get letters in the mail that said, Something about probation, including blood drug testing, which is extremely expensive. Whoa,
0: and invasive.
3: And yeah. We were we were shocked. We were confused. We called the probation officer, mm-hmm. and it turns out that that little deal puts you on probation, and the judge just failed to mention that.
0: So, so they've added some terms because they can do that, right? Yeah. They can just change the terms and no big
3: deal. All he said was community service. That was it. And they had to do community service. The probation officer claimed that we would have to do the blood drug testing because since it was out of state,
4: mm-hmm.
3: they said that you'll never be able to find someone to do urine testing where they actually watch you. We found someone real quick, so they didn't have to do the blood drug testing. They had to do the urine drug testing where someone watches you. Okay. The probation officer tried to convince us that we weren't going to be able to find that, but, but we found it pretty quick because there's quite a price difference. We had to pay for it. They had to pay for it themselves, and there's quite a price difference. Between urine drug testing and blood drug testing,
0: urine is cheaper. Yes, okay. much
3: much cheaper. So they were able to do the blood drug testing. They did the community service, and when it was all said and done, the probation officer didn't give a crap about us at all because we lived out of state. And when it was all said and done, it, she said, "All right, well, you've done your community service, and I got three clean drug tests from you, so we're just gonna we're just gonna finish this off. I'll process the paperwork and send it to you." We never got that paperwork. Never ever. Waited five mm. months, called over and over and over again. Have you sent the paperwork yet? Have you sent the paperwork? They claim they did. They claimed that they were she was doing it, basically. So they never, never ever it. claimed so that they sent they it. They don't even know if there's a, a warrant out for their arrest in this particular state. They have no well idea because they never got any sort of closure on this case at all.
0: The bureaucrats all and, are frequently filing the paperwork incorrectly or not filing it at all and right, you can't and hold we them accountable.
3: Lived, I, I mean like five states away so it wasn't where we could just go down to the courthouse and talk to somebody about it we just had to let it drop now i have a misdemeanor of possession of marijuana on my record but nobody gives a crap so i feel like i got the better end of the lollipop there i just i I, they wished that they had gone my route and just had paid the stupid fine and and gotten it over with they got screwed by that so
0: Mm -hmm. they could drive through whatever state that is and possibly get popped uh, for a warrant,
3: right and not even have any clue
0: Wow. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 259 9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to uh, to call in, tell your story about uh, what your experience was like when you got popped, or you can bring up whatever you want. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Anthony in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Anthony. Hello there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh,
7: What's on my mind is uh, I just recently saw this video of a, of a, I believe it's a L.A. police officer, uh, they were involved in a long chase with, um, uh, turned out he was, um, apparently a Mexican guy, maybe a Mexican American, but a-, a gang member. The, the guy bails out of the car. He runs a little while and then lies down, you know, on his, uh, stomach, hands, you know, extended. He was, um, you know, uh, giving in to the police. Yep. And, uh, a police officer runs up and this video is, um, you know, available in YouTube and also other places. Mm-hmm. The police officer runs up to him and, you know, kicks him in the head as he's, you know, coming sure up did. to full uh, speed. Arrest just him.
0: Kicks him right and, in the uh, head. Your thoughts? Sorry? Your thoughts about it?
7: I mean, you know, just totally impossible to rationalize it and justify it. It's just crazy. Um, oh, I the bet you the they'll reason find out that uh,
0: I bet you they'll put him on uh, administrative leave. He'll get paid uh, while he doesn't even have to work, and they'll uh, you know put him in a desk as a desk jockey for a few weeks until putting him back on the streets. That's yeah,
7: maybe unfortunate, uh, but um, anyway, yeah. The reason I called about it is I saw it on you know like a, a news video on uh, you know an online news video, and they of course had like a little discussion about it, and somebody who uh, supported you know saying, oh, you know look at all the lives being endangered on the course of the. Uh, Right, that. so he
0: deserved That's a that. kick to the head oh it's just so the the apologies for the police state are so disgusting if you have more you wanted to share hang on we'll bring you back more coming up free talk live this is free talk live it's your show and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free at 800-259-9231 that's one 259 9231 as we uh, continue here in the final moments of the show. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now. I don't know if we still have Anthony on the line with us. Anthony, are you there, sir? Yes, I am. Okay, so what we've been talking about here is this uh, recent police abuse video that you can—I don't know what you're supposed to search for when you when you're looking for it. Do you happen to have it in front of you to where you, you might be able? Oh, let's—I uh, let's,
7: uh, can probably find it very quickly. Kicked in the head uh, is
0: likely going to be okay. Maybe kicking the kick to the head will bring it up or something not. like that. But sure, is this uh,
7: police, uh, yeah, you seem pretty good at completing these—you uh, know—searches. Were you talking right into
0: your phone and got a little muffled there for a, for a moment?
7: Oh, sorry about that. Police kicking. Uh, so I think police and kicking will give you – yeah, that comes up easily. Okay. The yeah, you can, go video to YouTube. You get,
0: can pull uh, this up. A uh, guy just, just lays himself down after being chased for a little while by the police and uh, lays himself down, spreads his arms, spreads his legs, clearly submitting, clearly giving up, and the first cop that arrives just gives him a boot right to the head. And uh, you're talking about some of the responses, some of the comments on the video from the police state defender saying things like, uh, well, you know, think about all the people he put in danger by running around like that. Um, Sure,
7: and the other thing, too, is, you know, I've personally lived, uh, I was in L.A. before, and, you know, it's like, oh, they deal with so much you know, crazy things because, you know, L.A. is a little bit, you know, nuts, uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, and the police, you know, face so much stress and everything. And so that was sort of, you know, one of the, uh, you know, points they made about it. Yeah, but the like other thing I wanted to ask about uh, w- uh, about or just bring up was that you can also see uh, in the video the police officer then um, high fives of his, uh, his partner uh, after they, really? really, you know, have him in cuffs. Yeah, you can see if you watch the video longer, they – you can also see the high five and uh gosh uh but but it's but back to you but the point you made earlier uh, was really interesting about how just common you know video is now, and that's the only thing you can really point to as having hope that you know that this kind of behavior will be um you know held more accountable if these things keep on happening and happening it will either a police officer will think more about what they do or that um <clears throat> you know. Uh, the uh, the incidents will mount, and then it might change, you know, procedure of the departments.
0: I don't and know. Absolutely, behavior changes when video cameras are around. Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't change it in, the, in a positive way. They still get some some of them will get angrier as a result of video cameras. But I think generally, video cameras have a positive effect on the government bureaucrats, whether we're talking about the police or just you know the the ladies running uh, the tax collection office. I think video cameras yeah. have a very chilling effect on the, the amount of tyranny that they're able to get away with, and the more cam- Cameras We have the more access we have to uh, the Internet to put that video out there the better though in general a whole lot hasn't changed yet in general we're still seeing more abuses more uh, more violence more police we're seeing more of it now because it's been happening the whole time it's just that now there are more cameras out there so we're seeing more of it but what's frustrating the most to me is how. People just don't know what to do about it. I mean, if you look at these videos of the police abuse, you'll inevitably see the comments from the people that are the apologists for the abuse, the, the supporters of the police. But you'll also see what are the majority of the comments are people that are angry they are so yeah. upset at what the police are doing and how abusive they are and how terrible they are and they talk a good game about you know doing something about it or just how angry they are but they don't actually know what the solution is. They don't understand what how you can translate your anger into real productive action that can make a make a change for the better in the world and I find that a little bit frustrating personally but there's not much we can do about it besides talk about the solutions on this show. Um, Any other thoughts, Anthony? Uh, No, that's it. Thanks for the call tonight. And, of course, the solution is? The Free State Project. The Free State Project. It's to get together with like-minded people all in the same geographic location so political change can occur, non-cooperation, civil disobedience can occur, activists can back one another up, we can have multiple cameras in uh, multiple different places, and we can start doing things on an activism level that have never been possible before. Uh, before. And,
5: and so that we can get candidates elected on a local and state level. Um, I did say political action. Uh, I guess. I'm just, I'm just making it clear that uh, there are, what, six members of the Free State Project, whether they're friends or actual movers. I'm not 100% sure. I think Thought there's it was four, four. Move, four yeah. movers and two friends of the Free State Project uh, that are, uh, you know, uh, representatives in the state house. I think Julia should run for a state rep. Uh,
3: God, no. <laughs>
0: uh, Ju- Julia needs some recovery time from her last run. Um, Andrew Carroll is running, though. E- Marijuana, civil disobedience, hero, activist, Andrew Carroll.
3: We, when we first moved here, a group of us agreed to run for city council, and every single person. Chicken out, out except for me which is part of the reason why i ran anyway because really? i thought well you know am i going to really be the only one who has the balls to do this you were and you know what it was horrible so <laughs> i regret yeah. that and i know i'm not running for anything anytime soon ever
0: there are some people who do uh, enjoy that and they are here and more people are coming and so i think 2010 is going to be the biggest year yet for free staters running in political uh, elections here, and, and we'll see how things uh, pan out. In the meantime, get yourself up here, because there's a lot going on in between elections. See, where you are, that's probably all that's happening. Where you are, there's the occasional you know Libertarian Party meeting, and they sit around and they talk. And then once every two years, they'll run a candidate, and they'll get 3%, and then they'll yep. try again two years later, and they'll get 3%. It I or, remember, you know, donating, uh, time, money, and, uh, you know, yard
5: space for the candidate, you know, state house run in, mm-hmm. in Sarasota. And I'd, I'd put my little sign out and I'd go out there and I was excited. I'd go to the, the, the winning, uh, you know, the, the, the victory party, which what never was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. the solace party, I don't mm-hmm. know. And I, it just hit over and over and over again until you just realize absolutely nothing is going to change. Spinning in a local your wheels. Lo- there's just not enough
0: people here that care. So from creating a new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you will find more activism than you've ever seen here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Come up and see it for yourself. Uh, coming up here this June... June 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire, you will be able to experience the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And it's uh, it's an event that just keeps getting better and better year after year. More people continue to come up here to attend this. It's uh, going to be happening in the woods, basically. It's a kind of a camp-out style hangout, fun, people just getting to know each other, socializing, libating, maybe doing a few other things and really enjoying one another's company uh, Jason Osborne was there last year from SACL CAI I believe he's coming back this year I haven't gotten the official word from him on this yet though uh, maybe he'll call in to tell us about what he's got planned at at some point here but I believe the fun tent is coming back I believe there are plans uh, that are in the works for this have you heard a confirmation like a 100% confirmation on the fun tent yet Mark? No Jason has not confirmed that with me he's uh, somewhat wishy washy on that subject okay so we're expecting a fun tent either way it's going to be a blast it's going to be a good time because Liberty, he wants the fun tent to be fun and if it's not going to be fun it's not yeah. going to be the tent well, I think it's going to be fun because uh, this time I around. I think
3: Jason should come anyway, even if he doesn't do a fun thing. I think tent he will. Because hanging out with Jason is always a good time.
0: Yep. yep. Well, and hanging out with these people in general is a good time. The Liberty activists getting together all in the same campground, basically, and having, uh, you know, talking talking about act uh, activity and brainstorming and uh, getting to know one another. A lot of people are already here in New Hampshire. They're going to be there. So, whenever the activists that you hear on this show, Pete and Jason, for instance, from Motorhome. Diaries.com they're Free State Project members. They're moving here after the Motorhome Diaries project is done with. They're moving to Keene, New Hampshire. So they're coming from, in their motorhome, in Marv, they're coming here uh, for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. They will be there, so you'll get to meet them. Uh, Free Talk Live, we will be there broadcasting live. Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. A lot of the people that you hear, again, us talking about on this show, the activists that are up here really doing something about achieving liberty in our lifetime, all going to be in the same place all together at once. It's a great opportunity to come up, not only see New Hampshire during uh, summertime, which it's, it's, uh, yeah, like anywhere else it gets a little hot sometimes but not in, not necessarily in june and uh, <laughs> nights nights in new hampshire during the summer are so nice compared to the south which is where uh you and i come from mark uh it's you know, in the south, when well, it's nighttime in the summer, it's bal—it's uh, you know, it's balmy, it's uh, it's wet, it's mm-hmm. hot, it's humid.
5: It's hot in the summer, and then uh, you know, hot during the day and cool at night, and those are
0: good things. Yeah, I had to I had to wear jeans last year at nighttime because I was a little chilly standing out there. Um, yeah, I've had that happen
5: to me a couple of times. Um, don't think that just
0: because it's summer that it's necessarily going to be
5: uh, extremely warm. You probably should. Bring it will a light be during the day. Or something
0: during the day, it will be warm. You won't but night jacket during the day.
3: I think last year actually, it wasn't even warm during the day in the beginning of the week. Or really? there was there was. One or two days where it was pretty chilly out. Wasn't it
0: earlier, though, last year as well? It no, was in, it was in June. June. Of course, this year it's going to be up north, so it might actually be a little bit yeah. cooler. I, I would recommend
3: around. anyone who is coming to bring shorts, pants, jack, and a, a jacket shorts, sleeve shirts, bring a variety. That of is one of the things, things
0: about New Hampshire is you've got to be prepared for the weather. It, what, the, what is it they say up here? If you don't like the weather, give it five minutes. That's an exaggeration, it but, is. Um, but
3: it really does fluctuate a lot. I yep. mean, it's 90 degrees two weeks ago, and it's like 40 right now.
5: And those games that you can play with people, like the you know the balls that you throw back and forth with the
0: rackets and stuff like that, they will be, they'll be fun bring that stuff too. Yeah. yeah, frisbees, whatever. And the <laughs> buttless chaps. Well, bring that, those. That's too. a special tent. Uh, ask Dale about that. Uh, all right. It's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of
5: advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25.